Okay, so um. Alex, you will be ejected. Dad has left, I so I left. am take. I have not left. I am in charge. No. I am the <laughs> host for this episode. Um. So, so. So do we get to say fuck a lot during this episode? <laughs> Is that how it works? <laughs> no. So um, we're going to okay, talk okay, about. Can we say a lot of shit? Can we say shit? We're going to, um... What about ass? Is ass okay? <laughs> okay, dude. Give up your chair. Um, um, give up okay. my chair. Wait. So, first we're going to talk about me. Um, no, no, we're going to talk about but... ass coin. The, the <laughs> ass coin is our first subject, yes. We're going to talk about the ass coin. But before we do that, well, but first, we are going to talk about why Dad isn't here. Dad isn't I, I, here I, I, because I, he walked away from his desk for 30 seconds, and I sat in his seat. Anyway, now it's time to talk about me. I am amazing. I am awesome. Play Alex Emsla promo here. Welcome to Curmudgeon's Corner for Saturday, May 22nd, 2021. It's just before 3.30 UTC as we're starting to record. I am Sam Minter. Yvonne Bo is here again. Hello, Yvonne. Hello. You know, and as per what we talked about last week, Yvonne and I actually talked about topics before the show. <gasps> we made a plan. Dun, dun, dun. We, yeah, we, we made a plan. I know I, I had forgotten how to even do that, but, um, you know, so here's the plan. Let me tell you, uh, we are going to have this first segment where Yvonne and I talk about whatever random junk is on our minds. Um, and then the four main topics of the show, number one, pandemic, because of course, number two. Uh, the January 6th commission stuff, the back and forth that's been going on in Congress about that. Um, and then number three, Israel-Palestine again, because there have been more developments there. And then number four, the crypto crash. So that's the plan. I know you're all excited. We are excited. We are thrilled. We are just tingling. Oh, I don't want to hear about the tingling again, again. <laughs> You know, you keep bringing up the tingling like every every few weeks or whatever. There's the tingling, and you know, you go see a doctor about that. Okay, all right. Well, okay, no tingling. All right, go no tingling. Fine. <laughs> um, but I, I I did go, and uh, I mentioned to Sam that I'd been listening to some of the recent uh, recordings. Yes, and and I was like. Um, what happened to all the other promos? I mean, <laughs> all the promos that we have now are Alex M Megsla promos. And I forgot that if all of you did hear at some point, we got a big cash infusion from Alex. <laughs> yes. And so basically he's bought all the promotional time on the podcast for how many, how many weeks? So, like right he, now? so here is the deal. Um, 
I, I always have a rotation of 10 breaks, and each time there's a break, I pick randomly out of the 10. However, so we have that, and Alex now has three out of the 10 are related to Alex Emsla, okay? But in addition to that, his $200 bought him a guarantee of at least one per show anyway. And I, I and to make sure that happens, it's the, f- the first break of the show will be an Alex Emsla break for 10 weeks. And we are now on, let me, let me just double check. Um, actually week four was last week. This week, this show that you're listening to right now will be the fifth week of his 10 weeks of guaranteed first slot. After those 10 weeks are over, he'll still have three out of 10 out of the rotation, but, uh, it won't be a guaranteed slot anymore. Yep. So, so we've got, so we've got a lot of Alex promos. Yeah. So we, and, 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 you know, his voice is in, um, uh, the one for our as well so he's in you know he's got a couple other you know so you hear him um and then you know my daughter's in one and you know i'm in a couple and yeah whatever you know and this is a reminder that if anybody else wants to sponsor the show get in touch with us (laughs) you know yes i mean we'll take we'll take anybody's money i mean basically as as far as you you can see (laughs) So, almost anybody's money. Anyway. Almost anybody. It, but yeah, and, and I've also like eliminated from rotation uh, some of the spots that were kind of out of date that had information in them that weren't quite right, things like that. Um, and uh, in order to do that, I actually like I had to bring back a couple of really old spots that just had like me yodeling or whatever. And, um, you know, so I am in the market for ideas for additional breaks or things to promote. So if you've got something that you want to, uh, uh, promote, uh, get in, get in touch with us. And, it, and look, if you're a long time, uh, you know, contributor to the show or listener or whatever, you know, just, just, just talk to us. Well, we can, we can make something happen. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We'll make so. something happen. Absolutely. Yes. I so, mean, yeah. You know, so, uh, uh, for a small fee. <laughs> For for a small multi million dollar fee, uh, yes, of course, yeah. yes, multi million dollars. Yeah, not quite. You know, it, it, Alex here got. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, I I still kind of feel bad that I'm I'm like ripping off Alex here for the two hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, we're not, given how many we're not rip, we have, we're, we're not you know. ripping him off. We're not ripping him. Off. <laughs> well, he did owe me that money anyway. Exactly. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. What I did say is that, look, if Alex had, like, billionaire money, he would, like, basically still make the Alex Lemzilla YouTube channel. Alex Lemzilla. And he'd probably buy... He, he would buy he would have a big Super Bowl ad buy for the for for the channel yes yes so that yes, would be would I mean that would be strange but we, I, you know but yes he probably would be doing that and as you know this week I decided to liquidate all my all my whole everything I owned and bought Ascoin. right That was the thing. So we're going to talk about that crypto thing like later, but but we'll we'll talk about crypto at the the last topic of the show. Uh, what I was gonna, what I will say is that uh, this week, uh, the one thing observational that I could that I could say is that I I have been going to uh, I've been going to an office that we have. We have our Regis uh, uh, rental that, that that we use, and we have a conference room over there that we're using because we have a few team team members here so we've been meaning to do some 
trying to get some strategic planning moving forward, which actually we've we've been able to make a lot more progress by meeting in person and being staying focused on that. But uh, so we did that this week, and I did go out to uh, a popular local uh, restaurant afterwards for mm-hmm. a couple of drinks, and, and you know we've got the new CDC guide uh, guidance, which basically said that if you've got one of these damn vaccines, it's like look. You could just do whatever. And we'll talk about all the pandemic mask mess. Well, let me tell you something. They're taking it really seriously over here. Look, we went to this bar, and listen, the pandemic is, I mean, if you want, like, you know, he said the pandemic's over. My God, I went to this place, and I was like, holy shit. This is just like, I mean, this is back to, you know, like, like, just to nothing. And it was so packed. I, I will say that, you know, there were certain people, you know, all the employees and everybody were wearing masks. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, and, and people, when they did walk around, they were very diligent about wearing masks. That I think it really mattered because the place is so full anyway. It's not like it really mattered. Um, but uh, And this was an indoor I, place? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And, um, and, uh, I, well, one thing was hilarious is that being in Miami, uh, people wear some ex- different masks. Uh, there was what this one uh, lady that was when I was walking back to the bathroom that was wearing a mask, and the mask said, "Sit on my face." Ah, uh, okay. I was like, "Well, that's aggressive." And, and there were many other masks in that vein. I was just kind of very interesting, like how, you know, Miami is, well, Miami. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's nutty, you know? Have, so, have, anyway. have you seen the ones I've, I've only seen these like online. I haven't seen these in real life, but they're, they're ones you can get that have the LED thing inside it with the microphone, so as you talk, the little animated mouth talks on the mac- mask? I have not seen that. I've not... No, no, I've not seen that. I've se- No, what I've seen is people with, like, masks that are, like, uh, like uh, with designer logos. I've seen people with, like, Gucci logo masks, Louis yeah, Vuitton yeah. masks. I've seen people with, like, masks with, like, sequins on them and all this other stuff or whatever. Uh, but, but, uh, so I've seen all that kind of stuff, but, but not that, no, I have not seen anybody with a, a super duper high tech one. No. Uh, yeah. I've seen also these, have you seen these that are supposed to be like that it's transparent or you can see the person's like mouth? Yes. It, I, I've seen, I've seen, I haven't seen them in person. I've seen pictures, but I've never seen anybody wear them. Yeah. I've seen two kinds in, in, in pictures. I haven't seen any in person. No, I have, I have never the, seen the any. one I've the one I've seen the real one uh is the one where it's like um it's actually a heavy plastic. Um and that's like you know it, it, you know um that kind of sounds like suffocating. <laughs> well, you, you know, as, as long as the rest is sort of held up against and you have ventilation on the side, you know, but it, but basically it's like actually like protective, right? Cuz it's a solid material or whatever. It's just transparent. Um and that lets you see the mouth and whatever. It's just a, I guess it's a it's it's sort of the same as the face shields but built into a mask, right? Ah, um yeah. but then there's the kind that's actually just a mesh, which is just the people that are like, okay, I have to wear a mask. Screw you, here's my mask, you know. I you know, I have not seen someone with that. I got to admit. I I have not seen them in person. The closest I've seen in person, and we're getting 
really close to just diving into the pandemic topic, but this is just goofy masks, okay? Yeah, um, these are goofy masks we're talking um, about. Yeah. What I've seen just this week, um, I went in, I, 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 it, okay, it, it was a Baskin Robbins. I was getting some ice cream for Alex here. Um, and while I was in there, two customers came into the store, and they, they were doing takeout only. Mm-hmm. Uh, but two customers came into the store. The first one um, wasn't wasn't wearing a mask when they first came in and the person behind the counter asked them to please put on a mask because that's still the requirement here. And you still don't in the at, business. At, at, right. at lots of businesses. It's still the requirement. Some have, you know, we'll get into that confusion later, but at this particular business, they still asked you to put on a mask. And the lady was like, I, I don't have a mask, but, and she basically just like pulled up, um, like a scarf or something over her face while she was in there. And the person behind the counter was like, whatever, whatever, lady, fine. And then another person came in that just had uh, like a bandana kind of thing. Um, And, you know, they are face coverings. But as we sort of talked about very early in the pandemic, um, those particular kind of face coverings uh, do at best nothing. And there was at least some evidence. At best nothing? Yeah, at best nothing. And there was at least some evidence that the way they ventilated actually sort of made it so that when you breathed out, it actually squirted out the sides in a way that was even worse than not having a mask. You know, um, well, but people have been doing that the entire pandemic. I know, but, but I, I, gotta, I, I, I haven't I gotta, seen it very often. I saw it twice within the scope of ten minutes the nah, other day. I'd seen that the whole. I've been seeing that the whole damn year. Well, you you haven't gone out. You have Well, you said you hadn't gotten out that that's much. Oh no, I've I've very, very this entire last year and a half. You know, I basically only go out for a few minutes at a time, other than like when I still am getting my physical therapy on my hand. And, uh, then it's almost all like, you know, I, I, I drop off my dog at daycare and I'm inside at the dog daycare for 30 seconds or less. Um, or I'm going through drive throughs but not actually going in. Uh, I, aside from like the couple of Baskin Robbins things I did, uh, and another sort of food pickup thing I did in the last two or three weeks, um, I had been actually inside a business at most, maybe once a month for months and months and months and months. Uh, I mean, I, I've been, to, well, as like I mentioned, I've been to a whole bunch of businesses, but I, my observation this last week is that uh, for the most part, most people have been pretty much staying with uh, wearing masks as had been requested before. There, I, I've seen a little bit more people like being a little bit looser, but for the most part, I, I still see people in the same business in the same places still wearing masks and for the most part following most of the procedures. So yeah, let's let's cut this now because we're gonna have a whole segment actually talking about pandemic stuff. A- anything else interesting this week that you want to talk about, Yvonne, of the miscellaneous random stuff stuff? And I'll think if I, I have anything. I, I might have one thing to mention. Uh miscellaneous random stuff uh stuff thing. No. I I think that, yeah. So what I will do is, since it's going to be really hard to sort of justify doing a full segment on it, um, I will do my next movie real quick. And it will be real quick, because it's Back to the Future 3, uh, which I watched on November 30th, 2020, and only a couple weeks ago I talked about Back to the Future 2. So, you know, 
every time I talk about this, I'm basically talking about the whole trilogy. Um, this was released in 1990. I give it a thumbs up. If you like the, uh, if you liked the other two, of course you have to watch the third one. Thumbs up. Um, of the three, um, I, I said before, I think I like two best, but three is decent. A lot of people thought three was like a letdown. I, I, I still had fun with three. Three is the one where they go back to the old West. I actually like three more than two. So, in my, my perspective. Okay. So, I like three more than two. Tell me why. Because a lot of people are sort of down on three. I, I thought the whole... I just thought the whole Biff thing was a little bit overdone. In two? Yeah. Well, he was in three, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the whole... Yeah, but 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 I mean, the whole, like... He was kind of like this Trump guy thing, yeah. whatever, was just a little bit... I just thought it was a little bit overdone. I just liked the storyline of three more than two. I don't know. Well, they they seemed... went they went back to the old west. Uh, Doc right. had a love interest. There were right. trains, <laughs> right? You know, um, you know, and, and I yeah, I, I liked three. I, I I still I liked the cleverness in two of having the two time streams like intersecting and the two versions of Marty like almost running into each other and seeing what each other were doing. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, but I liked three. I, I liked three fine. I, 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 I left the end of Back to the Future three wishing there was a Back to the Future four. And there hasn't been. <laughs> there probably and there hasn't won't. been, and I don't think there will be. Yeah, so. I don't think there... Well, you know, the way things are going, they, they're like remaking everything from like the 80s, you know? True, so, true, So who knows? I mean, like the, the original actors are, you know, may or may not be the, you know, but, you know, I could see them doing a reboot or something or a sequel that picks up the story of Marty's kids or something. You know, there are all kinds of things they could maybe, do. Maybe, maybe, maybe. You know, because at some point... Well, well since... It Okay, at some point you think that, the, but well, they could use. I mean, I don't know. I know that that Michael I mean, J. Fox is not in really good shape to be. Michael J. Fox is going in great out shape, to, but he could still the, the, potentially, like, if they were going to do it, they would. You know, hell, they're coming out with another Indiana Jones. Okay, <laughs> good point. <laughs> and Harrison Ford is getting up there. Okay, yeah, Harrison Ford is old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah really and old and they're coming you know and you thought that franchise was dead after the last one where they met aliens or whatever the hell it was you know but, <laughs> but oh no, the, that's right that was the end of the th right that alien thing that came out of the right that was indiana I'd jones 4 i guess and the, something about the crystal skull thing or something i don't know anyway i but, did real i i i was i was that movie was meh Anyway, they're doing another one. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, look, if they were going to do something like this, the way to do it, I mean, both of those actors are, Christopher Lloyd isn't dead yet, Michael J. Fox isn't dead yet, but they don't, they didn't, they wouldn't have to be like the main characters. They could have cameos where they sort of pass the torch to somebody else. Well, listen, now with some of this technology right now that they've got, I mean, to, to they made like Jeff everything. Bridges. Yes, exactly. I mean, they made Jeff Bridges and Tron look like he was like, you know, back like fifty years ago. Well, and and in um uh what what you call it the um ah uh, they they had Tarkin in one of these recent Star Wars movies, even though that actor's been dead for like thirty years or something. Exactly. So you know, you know. yeah. So look, there there there's certainly things they could do. 
if they wanted to. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, since you spoke of time travel and, yes. and Back to the Future, then I, I, I have to mention just in passing at least the movie that I watched recently, okay? okay. Which yep. was Tenet. Okay. okay, yep. And I don't know if you've watched Tenet. I, I okay? have not watched Tenet. Well, the one thing, and just, you know, not give away the, 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 the you know, not, not going to give you spoilers. The movie, number one thing is the movie's very good. Okay? It's very interesting. The thing about the movie is that uh, in the movie, t- you were talking about how you like the storylines in, in, in two, where the two parallel timelines, you, you know, you had, the, you had the two parallel timelines, and then you had that the two uh, characters from the future and one f- from the present time, they could bump into each other. Yeah. Well, yeah. Tenet has this entire thing where they have manipulated time where time you could be in time either going forwards or backwards. Mm-hmm. In time. And the same person, you could meet yourself in time because if you go through this machine, then all of a sudden you're going back in time. I mean you're going backwards. Okay. Yeah. I mean, literally everything, you go through this machine and then you arrive at another spot in time, but you're in it while everything is unhappening. While okay. it's happening. It's really confusing. It, it sounds like the kind of movie I would like. I'll, I'll make sure it's I on think, my list. I think that you will like Tenet. Uh, I, I will tell you that I found it very engrossing when I watched it. And I have a hard time with movies catching my attention, mm-hmm. and this one definitely did. And, and just just to fill people out, it's it was a 2020 movie. Um, yes. And, and let's see, uh, as a bunch Chris of Chris Nolan was the director. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, now it reminds me though of a of a short story that I read when I was a teenager, and I I have not been able to locate it again. And I believe it was by an author called Stanislaw Lem mm-hmm. uh, that I read in translation. Um, but I looked through, like, I found a couple of collections of his short stories and couldn't find the one that's in my head. So maybe I've got it confused or something. I I've probably read it when I was 13 or 14 or something. But the basic element of it has stuck in my head ever since. And it was basically this kid who got stranded on a spaceship. Okay. Okay. And the spaceship got into a time loop of some sort. But the basic result of the time loop was that he ended up living with all of the different versions of himself. Like there's the two year old version, there's a three year old version, there's the four year old version, and he, and all the way up through an old man. And they were all living in the spaceship together, and he would sequentially, you know, he would be the two-year-old version, and then at some point the time loop hits in, and then he's going through exactly the same scenarios, but now he's the three-year-old version of himself. Ah. And then he's well, the four- this, and, and so By all the way, of, I think this may have inspired Chris Nolan to do this movie. Okay? <laughs> okay. All right? So, it doesn't say it, but- let, let me just—I'll read you the 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 scientific concept that they're talking about from Wikipedia. Where they talk about yeah. the film's plot revolves around reversing the entropy of things and people, resulting in time reversibility. Tenet makes reference to physics concepts, including annihilation. 
the second law of thermodynamics, Maxwell Steeman, and Feynman and Wheeler's notion of a one-electron universe. Yeah. But Chris Nolan stated in the film's press release, we're not going to make any case for this being scientifically <laughs> accurate. Okay? Yeah. So, but, a- but, you know. So anyway, if but anybody anyway, out there, by the way, he's playing with those ideas. And so, yeah. you know. if if anybody out there, by the way, has heard of the short story I'm talking about and knows the exact reference, like the author and a collection it can be found in, please let me know because I'd actually love to read it again. And I don't know if it was every year. Like it, I, it might not have been. Here's the two year old, four year old, five year old. It might have been. Here's him as a five year old. Here's him as a ten year old. Fifteen, twenty. You know, it might have been further spaced out. But the the point was that he was interacting with himself at different ages and like he he would he's also trapped in this somewhat like the the 10-year-old version of him that's helping take care of the 5-year-old remembers being the 5-year-old being taken care of by the 10-year-old and that kind of stuff um ah. so anyway it was really cool um and so the, the time travel well, I'm stuff I'm going to say cool. that based on Based on what you read of that story, if you like that story, I believe you're going to love this movie. Okay, okay. And uh, just to close it up, again, thumbs up on Back to the Future 3, um, if you like that kind of thing. And certainly, if you're going to go watch Back to the Future, watch the whole trilogy. Don't just watch one of them. It certainly doesn't make sense to watch three by itself. No, but watch all three. One, two, three. Watch the whole series. It, it goes well together. And uh, if you're going to binge watch, uh, you know, some TV show, you might as well binge watch three movies instead. It's fun. It's fun. It's old. It's 80s. You know, I mean, and most of it actually, you know, uh, when, like when they're in the future and their future is actually now our past, <laughs> it's kind of like funny to yeah, like, that is, you know, know. Uh, to say, ah, uh, yeah, that's not quite how it turned out, but um, you know, but it's it's uh, it it ages it ages better than you think it might. You know, it's not like it's not like you're watching it and you're like going, oh my god, this is also dated. None of it makes sense. You know, it's still a fun movie. You know, and e- e- even the future bits are like funny. You just sort of mentally are like, okay, yeah, that wasn't actually 2012 or whatever the hell it was supposed to be. Yeah, well, we don't have uh, we don't have hoverboards, so. Well, no, we, we I, I've I've seen them. Really? Yeah, you just have to look in the right place. Like there's um uh there's a there's a YouTube channel called Hacksmith Industries that made a made a hoverboard like that uh using magnetic induction now it couldn't just go down the street it had to be on well, that's like what a I'm metal saying. surface it can't go down the street um, well, yeah, we, but we, I, we, I did see that yes we've got um uh you know the, we, you've got the the you've got various other technologies that sort of emulate that under certain circumstances right yeah you know? i know but it's not really just it's a not quite like just... the way it is in the movie no no but no, you've got no. various people have done things you've got i mean and how I Ni- how nike car. put out Ni- nike made out the self-tying shoes. yes they did make they make they make the self-tying shoes but where's my flying car yeah you can everybody get the, thought 30 you can 40 get years those ago too. Be in a flying they're just car. not common but yeah and not you know legal to just use like that <laughs> but <laughs> right you know it's it's a it's a convert they there have been a few people who've made sort of convertible car airplanes but you're either driving as a car or you take the thing to the airport you unfold the wings and then and then you well, fly I, as a plane, I, I saw you know? i recently was seeing a, an episode of top gear uk where they they made a um it, one of these like uh little like a uh, camper vehicles that turned into a blimp 
And so the, <laughs> the, the, the thing, it, so it would turn into a blimp so you could go to your campsite instead of driving. But I will say this, that the problem with that blimp is that if you got into a 13-knot headwind, you basically were just standing still. I mean, this thing would just like blow it around by the by the wind. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it seemed pretty dangerous. Well, the the other thing, of course, that they've been working on is essentially scaled up drones that will take one or two passengers that would operate under autonomous control so that you you like hail the drone, the little thing comes and flies to where you are, and they operate as like mini cabs or whatever. But it's it's a, you know it's I it's like a little I, mini helicopter. No, I, I I think I'll I think I'll drive. I'm fine. <laughs> You, you you don't want to get in a uh, a drone piloted remotely taking you across the city? No, not really. No, or or, I mean, or, or one under complete autonomous control. Listen, we haven't figured out yet how to make a damn car go on the ground without crashing. I mean, you know, Tesla keeps saying it, and all we keep getting are dead people. Well, like, come on, left it, and right. But but honestly, is isn't the flying part actually a little bit easier because you don't have to deal with most of the obstacles and stuff? Oh, yeah, because there are no obstacles in the air, you know, of course, you know, there are no obstacles that you have to go around. No, no, but, but I mean, they, they, you have drones already and hell full-size planes that can do the entire cycle from takeoff to landing without a human being. Yeah, of course, you know, several thousand drones flying around, you know, you know, are not going to be a problem. Well, when you scale it up, you got a whole other issue, Yes. I think you get a pass on that. I, I'm I'm also that. waiting for like the delivery drone that's like coming down in order to deliver they the keep package. Saying that. No, no, but no, they but I'm keep... saying what I'm saying is I fully anticipate you're going to have that kind of scenario, and it's going to come down and it's going to chop somebody's head off or something, right? Or or exactly, you know? I mean, there are all kinds of issues. And no, look, I know they're they are going to have sensors and look for anything that's alive and blah, 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 and go around because they know that this is a potential problem. But come on, you know, you got something with spinning blades. Exactly. Landing in somebody's backyard or whatever, you know? I mean, right now we still can't make, you know, Tesla can't make a car that can figure out that, a, that an object is stationary. Yeah. It, it's a recurring <laughs> problem. Yeah, look, I I I am I'm actually I'm actually very very sure that they will eventually solve all these problems. The question is just how long is it till eventually? Well, I'm sure that they will eventually solve them. It's just that today like right now is not the day. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. Okay. Are 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 we done with but first? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um yes. we will take a break. We will come back and uh, we'll kick it off. Well, we kind of already started talking about the pandemic. We will get back to it and talk about pandemic in a little bit more serious way, uh, including the mask confusion and trends and everything else. Back right after this. Alex and the web. Dot com. Bang Alex and Dad. Gaming videos and more from Alex. Elementary school fight day. YouTube by night. AlexMZilla.com. AlexMZilla is A L E X M X E L A. And dot com is period and then C O M. Oh. 
Okay, we are back. And as we mentioned earlier, like that that right there was the fifth week in a row where Alex had the guaranteed first spot in the show. So you had an Alex Emsler commercial right there. So there you go. Yes. Um, you okay, go. so pandemic. It's over. Look, it's all completely over. Uh, it's done. Uh, nobody's sick. And the world's back to normal. Everything, anything else we need to cover? Yeah, I don't think that's quite right, Yvonne. That's not accurate? That's not quite right. I, I, I gotta tell you that today, I, uh, I I was talking to somebody from Buenos Aires. They they called me that there was, uh, they called me to discuss certain business, and they were mentioning that uh, they are instituting a nine-day lockdown mm-hmm. in Buenos Aires, and actually declaring Monday and Tuesday mandatory holiday, like right now, um, which I'm not really sure what the hell the benefit of a nine day lockdown is um it's just it's just not long enough to do anything but that uh the hospitals are overwhelmed in argentina like right now they were saying I'll tell you right now I, i'm i'm looking i'm looking at the global charts right now in terms of absolute number of deaths not per capita but in terms of absolute number of deaths the top five countries in the world right now India, Brazil, the U.S., Colombia, and Argentina. Okay, so there you go. So that jives with what he was telling me. And and uh, and of the and of those, um, Colombia and Argentina, the number of deaths is going up right now. Yeah. Um, U.S. is going down. Brazil and India are kind of flat at the moment. Yeah, and he was very despondent about the situation. He was like, really, you know, the one thing also is the, what he was talking to me is about the lack of availability of uh, vaccines yet mm-hmm. um, at the moment. And not just uh, the vaccines, but also that the same situation as has happened here where with lockdowns that are enforced and then taken out and then people being locked up for so long and the economic impact that it had a lot of people that people just with the rules just don't give a shit anymore. Yeah. And so that, that, that what you have is a very difficult situation where you're having a spike of deaths, but, but people are just going out and about and just not, you know, wearing masks, just not following distancing, just not doing anything. It's just, um, it's just a wild west related to that. And so, and then you've got hospitals that are overwhelmed now. So he was very um, concerned about the entire situation. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was bad enough that we were talking about trying to get a truck out to do deliver something and, and that it might not even be possible next week, which is why we had to go and like get stuff loaded on a truck today and get it delivered because otherwise next week we couldn't do it. So, and I've heard some of the same stuff in Colombia has been going on. Well, I, I think, I don't know if I mentioned, but I had some relatives of my, of my wife, her aunt and a friend of hers that they came over uh, about a week and a half ago to get vaccinated in the U S mm. which is something that I've heard a lot of people also do from Mexico as well as to come to get vaccinated in the U S there's been a lot of people I know. I have uh a relative of my wife has been living in Honduras for the last decade or so, and it made a trip to fly back home to Iowa just to get vaccinated. 
Yeah, and that's not an uncommon thing right now uh, that is going on, that people are coming to the U.S. just to get vaccinated right now. Um, and so, I I really hope that that we can start shipping more vaccines than we have been able to at this point. Um, I know that Joe said uh recently that we're going to ship about 100 million doses like in june i guess is what i understood with the astrazeneca and some others that we were going to ship out um i mean vaccination rates in the u.s like right now we're still doing a couple of million people a day mm-hmm. uh and and that's also it, i i saw in the numbers that part of the upward trend is because we're able now to vaccinate younger people yeah and i saw a lot of people that were younger going and getting vaccinated right now their parents you know like myself i mean if if mine was eligible right now he'd that'd be marching him to get vaccinated right now yeah absolutely but, i mean we're you know brandy was looking into uh you know getting alex into a trial you know mm, uh because yeah. th- there's there's one near us they were advertising for signups uh alex is like no <laughs> but uh you know because uh if you're if you end up in the control group you end up with four shots instead of two because you get the placebos first and then they give you the real one after um but uh yeah no look there's there's definitely that big bulge uh of hey we just let a lot of additional people be eligible and a lot of people are bringing their kids in right uh there's no right. it sounds like um you know 12 and under is is probably going to get approval sometime in the fall. I heard like maybe as soon as September, although I've heard some people say maybe it won't be till later in the year. Um, but uh, I- I'm thinking th- these things have been moving pretty fast. So when I hear September, I'm like, okay, that's probably going to happen. Um, and yeah, like uh, lots of people are just like they signed themselves up as soon as they could. They're signing their kids up as soon as they could. And so we we see a bulge from that. Yes, yes, we're definitely seeing a bulge from that. Um, but I, we were talking earlier about masks, and we were talking about the guidance. I mean, we didn't talk about the guidance. We talked more about, I mean, I just just thought I was curious how mask usage was going around. What What's your thoughts around that? Um, well, I haven't been out enough to say. I, I, I am, I I will be two weeks out from not, my... Not on, the, not on the usage, more on the guidance and what happened. So and the, here's, and, here's and, what and I think the... on the guidance. I, I think... This is yet another example where they really could have thought through the communication a little bit more. Like, here's one example. Like, they could have said up front, like, they wanted to get the message apart that says, hey, if you are, if you are vaccinated, then yeah, you don't need the mask almost all the time. They could have put in the exact same guidance. However... If you are a business or a public meeting place, we recommend that you keep the mask guidelines in place until vaccination penetration in your particular area is greater than X. Right. You know, or something like that to give businesses and other places that host the public something to go on. Um because you end up with this, and we started to talk about this last week, but the whole fact that, like, as a business, it is not practical in any way, shape, or form to say, okay, vaccinated people don't have to wear masks, unvaccinated people do. Because there's no freaking way to tell. Now, if I had had my way before the first vaccinations went out, they would have produced a actual, like, proper 
yeah, vaccine passport type system and some sort of verifiable database and blah, blah, blah. Americans hate that stuff, but it would have simplified all these problems because, yes, you could have had a little thing that you could flash that says, yes, I'm good. And then businesses could make it made make that kind of differentiation. And you could have the sort of um, overt guidance that says, hey, look, go get your vaccination, because as soon as you do, all of these doors opened for you. Um, but they didn't do that. So the reality is there's no freaking way to tell. So businesses are put in this horrible position where they have to either uh, you know, have the mandate or don't have the mandate. I mean, a lot of them are saying, you know, officially their guidance is, hey, if you're vaccinated, wear a mask. If you're not, don't. But there's no way to tell. So that's completely, totally honor system and therefore useless. Well, yes, and and it really varies by business. And but I, I think that the one thing that I came away with from like going to a place where basically m- most of the, the the customers were not uh, masked. masked is the look. I, I go back to the soundness of the science behind what the CDC said related to how effective the vaccine is. Yeah, right now and what we've seen. And I'm just like, look. I've had my two doses. I'm vaccinated. <laughs> You're like, like right I'm now. good. I don't care about these I'm other just people. Like, I'm good. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> can I, what, what the fuck am I gonna do about all these yahoos? I mean, if you know, I'm hoping they're vaccinated. Okay, I, I bet that I would. I would bet that most of them had been. I, 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 from what I've seen, people getting vaccinated here. Uh, but there's no way to tell. Um, but you you get the situation where you got like like in Congress right now, for example, where the entire Democratic caucus uh, was vaccinated and the Republicans were 50 percent. Yeah. But you know what? But that isn't terrible. But think about it this way. That isn't terrible. You know, we're talking about what is effective, right? So you're getting there around 75 percent. Yeah. Of the people vaccinated. So I'm like, well, you know. It's a hell of a lot better than where we were before. So, I mean, hey, they want to go around and they want to get sick and not vaccinated. I mean, right now it's almost like it's their fucking problem. I'm, I'm, I think the biggest concern, well, the biggest concern before was we didn't know whether vaccinated people were being carriers that were passing it on to other folks. It seems that we've come to the conclusion right now that the answer is no. Yeah. Or at least very, very rarely. It's very, very rarely. You're not going to be spreading the virus. So that was one of the big concerns about making sure that even vaccinated people were wearing the masks. Now that we've come to that conclusion that folks that are vaccinated are not going to be spreaders, then it's kind of like, well, it's almost really as an adult, it's your fucking choice. Um, except of course, when kids. we're talking about populations, kids, exactly kids and, uh, immunocompromised, uh, populations where at this point, basically about the only thing to make sure that they're protected is to get them in 95s. Yeah. So like, it, so like if you take your kid out and you're going to an enclosed indoor space where you just do not know the vaccination status of the people they're coming into play into in, in con- into contact with. Yeah, maybe you do want to upgrade them to an N95 instead of like, or something just to be safe. But the other factor I want to say on that, that matters as well is the overall pro the overall prevalence of the disease going down. 
as well. Right. Yeah. Because the, you know, the further it goes down, the less likely you're going to encounter it in in the wild anyway. Anyway, exactly. You know, right. and, and and those numbers are going down, down, down in the U.S. We talked about the countries where it's not, but in the U.S. it's going down very quickly. Now, even there, there are differences, you know, on a, um, you know, on a, uh, a regional basis. Like, there's some parts of the country that are still have upward trends. Very few at this point. But there are some places in the country where you still have upward trends. So you have to watch out for that. And, you, and there's some that are higher and some that are lower and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, if you're in a state where it's already really low and it's heading down, uh, then it may already be basically safe for the unvaccinated to be unmasked as well. It's just a question of how low that is. Now, if you're in a in a state or a county or a whatever where things are still relatively high, you're going to want to, uh, if you're unvaccinated, it's in your best interest to stay masked a little bit longer. Now, and so that does vary a lot from place to place. It, it varies a lot place to place. And obviously, vaccinations matter at this point is what we're seeing but but look at the there's a chart that shows where the la the 14 day change who has had the biggest are, rise are you on the 14 uh, day change? new york times new york, new york times, times yes and that they have a chart where they're they're showing 14 day change and you can sort to who are the ones with the biggest increase look at what a coincidental thing let me i'll read this the the locations concho texas santa cruz arizona Livingston, Missouri, Putnam, Missouri, Al, Jesus, Altoga, Alabama, Covington, Mississippi, Valdez. Are, 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 are these Cordova. the places that are trending up right now? Yes, these are the ones that are the, the top ranked. I am going from the top ranked increased. You know, the ones that are having the biggest spikes percentage wise right now of the virus. Okay, F Fremont, Wyoming, Lawrence, Alabama. Johnson, Kentucky, Swisher, Texas. Do you see a trend here? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay. McGoffin, Kentucky. Garland, Arkansas. Clay, Missouri. Floyd, Texas. I mean, these are all fucking red states. These are the same assholes that want no rules, no nothing, no whatever, and that these assholes don't go get vaccinated. When you look at their vaccination rates in these places, where we're like hovering around 50%, almost all of them, 30%, 27%, 21%, 21%, 26%, 28%, twenty. I mean, you're like, I, <laughs> and these are the guys that want to like say it's over, but then the the one thing that you could do to make it over as quick as possible is go get your fucking vaccine. And shut the fuck up. And they won't even do that. Yeah. And this is why, I, I mean, I'm, you know, with all of, all of the, look, the bottom line is with this mask guidance, I think, you know, lots of people are being good on honor. And like the ones of us who've been paranoid the whole time around, and I, I, paranoid's the wrong word, but the one, the ones of us who've been careful the whole time around are still careful. And we're the ones that are saying things like, you know. I know I need my mask, but maybe I'll wear it anyway for a little while longer. Right. Know? And, and, you know, are, and are actually having trouble with the thought of like feeling comfortable taking it off. Um, and, and, but these, 
because the rule is now such that it is completely on our system and any place that still has rules about masks, they're, they're, they're living on their last legs, right? It, it, it's very hard to maintain that stance of like everybody has to wear masks as the numbers go down, as the vaccination uh, uh, levels increase. And at some point, it's the right thing to get rid of those requirements. But the worry, of course, at this point, and I, I saw like, you know, when we did the last show, we hadn't had all of the reaction to the new mask mask rules from the CDC yet. I, since then, I've seen lots of, epidemiologists saying, ooh, this still seems a little early. Couldn't have they couldn't they have waited a few more weeks? You know, be, because the worry is that you will see, like if everybody throws caution to the wind, you will see a, another bump out of this. Now what what I, I said th- here's the problem. The problem is what I said be what wait wait what I said before, what I said on last week's show and I think the wind before was that look, even if Nobody does anything anymore. Cross your fingers, hope that the vaccination penetration is fast enough that even if there's a little bump, there's a little bump. And it goes back down again pretty quick. I, I will say th- this. What what you did by doing that guidance is that you eliminated one point of con- one more point of argument with the Republicans. I mean, it is, okay? Because, remember, one of the things that the Republicans have been doing is just turning everything into some kind of a grievance, attack, a war, something to get a talking point to go into into Fox News and talk about how they're being forced to do this and forced to do that, blah, 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 whatever, and whatnot. You're taking away my freedoms! Exactly. This, This is the whole damn thing. You know, a governor like the Texas governor, who's a fucking moron, who just went and, like, rolled back all the requirements for masks and even said that all schools, even at the schools where the kids are not vaccinated, that they didn't have to wear masks. It's just, he was just going to do any something like well, that anyway, I, yeah, because but, but, they but, all want to declare it's but look, over. look, Yvonne, I've seen all kinds of people posting charts and stuff saying, hey, look, Texas opened up everything, like, a couple months ago. And didn't really see a new spike out of it that everybody had been saying, oh, they're opening up early. They're going to see a big spike. Meanwhile, like Michigan or whatever kept their restrictions on and had a huge spike. So masks, masks, closings, everything else clearly make no difference at all. Ah, fuck these people. And and I think the answer there is, first of all, um, and we've said this on this show a few times, although other places maybe haven't been as clear about this. That it really, it it is absolutely clear that the actual mandate from the state itself is not the thing that makes a difference, plus or minus. It's what's what's the individual behavior and how does that change? And, you know, that may or may not, depending on all kinds of factors, actually match what the mandate is. Uh, it depends on your enforcement. It depends on how many people are just willing to go along, how many are not. Um, and then there are other factors at play, too. 
Um, like, you know, we've said before, like a huge difference is how much you're going outside. Guess what? In the last couple of months, right. Texas and Florida have been outside a hell of a lot more than Michigan because it was still cold in you Michigan. You think? <laughs> it's fucking freezing as all balls I mean, in maybe not now anymore in May. Well, bit- but back, but back when they had the big spike, it was the middle of fucking winter. Well, the end of winter. So everybody yes, was yes. cooped up inside. Well, not the, I mean, it was the... Well, there was the big spike in January, but the Michigan spike was more like March. But yeah, anyway. It was February to March. So yeah, near the tail end of winter. Yeah, but still, it's fucking winter. You know, and and so so that's the problem with that. And it was a pretty damn cold winter, this damn winter. Yeah, so you've got all kinds of confounding factors. And like we've said before as well, I keep saying like we've said before, because that's one of my favorite phrases. But, you know, people will be writing PhD theses trying to understand what worked and what didn't, trying to disentangle theses? all these effects for decades. Theses? So, it's theses? Theses? Or thesis? Theses. thesis is the singular. Theses is the plural. Oh, thesis. Sounds like you're saying feces, but okay, that's fine. I'm not saying feces, Yvonne. I, I'm okay, not. all right. I, Just I, check I, it. So, yes. Oh. Anyway, but the point is, there's there's lots to disentangle here, um, and it's not quite so simple as let's put the Texas graph next to the Michigan Michigan graph and see what they do. Um, but in any, in any case, I feel like at this point, um, uh, hopefully. I keep, I I know I'm repetitive here. Hopefully any loosening that if we are loosening premature, it just means it takes a little bit longer to go down. (laughs) Or maybe we have a slight little bump and then back down as opposed to like a big bump back up. Um, At least in the U.S., again, international is a whole other story. Um, I'm hoping we're on the way down there too but like uh worldwide deaths uh is still going down again but it's the rate at which it's going down has been slowing down so it's not going down as fast as it was uh although cases is still going down nicely so i don't know there's all kinds of dynamics going on worldwide and uh as the another thing that was reported on this week um uh, i believe it was was it the full times or the economist yvonne that did that uh that um uh that analysis of um, excess deaths. Um, one of them tried to do an analysis. I think it was The Economist. I think you're right. I think it was The Economist. Uh, I'll, I'll correct this with a Sam from the future if we're wrong. The global excess deaths uh, okay. analysis. Yeah, anyway, um, they they did one where they said, look, we know that especially in the poorer countries, reporting is bad. There's not enough testing. Uh, there's not enough of a healthcare infrastructure. So there are people dying that are not being counted as COVID that should be. Um, yeah, so it was definitely The Economist. There was a May 11th article by The Economist tracking COVID-19 excess deaths there across There you go. And, and do you have the – if you have it up there, Yvonne, uh, the, what's the uh, what's the bottom line number? It's like the, the total deaths is something – is some big multiple of what the official deaths are. If I remember correctly, and, I, and I, I'm pulling it up, but there's just a lot of data in, in in this, like right now, the the official death count was somewhere around three and a half to four million, and they were estimated that this was like closer to like seven to ten million real yeah, deaths. Yeah, no, I've got I've got it up now. It's um seven seven million to thirteen million is their estimate through their models, right? Um, and I believe the 
the official count right now is coming up on 3.5 million. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's a lot more. Well, we know, you know, we, we've been talking about uh, India deaths. And uh, mm-hmm. India has had, I don't know, what the hell's the damn number for India? I don't even have it. But but we... Late, lately, about 4,000 people a day have been dying. Right. Yeah. But, but, you know... Uh, with the but, official but, count, but, the official uh, unofficial estimates put that the death rate in India as like three to four times what the hell they're saying. And what they're saying is, hey, look, go to the damn crematoriums. They're just, you know, you look at that data and... It shows that the that the undercount is massive. Yes, and I, I saw one uh, one set of charts from a, a news a news organization that's actually based in India showed a few different uh, not countries a few different cities they looked at, and that amount of underreporting also varied dramatically by what part of India you were in. And but the 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 best ones in terms of reporting matching reality, there were twice as many people dying, and the worst ones were like. Yeah, remember that I mentioned that Russia had to be bullshitting on the statistics. Okay, all right. That I I said that there is no fucking way that what they were saying is true. Russia COVID nineteen deaths ninety seven thousand, excess deaths five hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. How do you like that one? Okay. Yeah. Uh, the U.S. actually, the COVID-19 test, the excess tests are actually pretty close. Uh, Brazil's not that bad, actually. They're actually pretty pretty close as well. Mexico, they're saying that it's like half of, uh, 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 you know, they're, they're under-reporting substantially, so, uh, but, but half, but not the Russian number, which the Russian number is basically 5x, what they're saying. Yeah, and if folks want to look at this article, the uh, the headline is "There have been seven million to thirteen million excess deaths worldwide during the pandemic." It's in the Economist, uh, dated May fifteenth, twenty twenty one. It's it's good to read. Yeah, I got some really cool charts and other information in there. Quite a lot of data to to peruse. And uh, some of it is behind a paywall, um, or at least you have to register. I was able to with- go. I was, oh, I'm registered. That's why. Yeah, you just have to register. It's you just not, have yeah. it's a free registration, and you get a certain number of articles a, a month or whatever. Exactly. Um, so you you can do that. But even if you're not signed in there, you can see the graphs because I'm not signed in at the moment, and I can see the graphs. Uh, yeah. No. No India information. I'm noticing in here though. Hmm. Yeah. Any anyway. Latin America. Um, so so we'll see. Uh, but it it is by again like U.S. We're going the right way. We continue to be going the right way rapidly, although it does, you know, vary by area. Like, wh- I was looking at Washington State the other day, because um, it's where I am. Uh, cases has been trending down lately, but deaths, for some reason, has actually still been trending up the last few weeks. So, you know, it's, it's and I'm, lo- I'm looking at where our numbers are in our county specifically, and, you know, uh, uh, other, you know, other like if you look at the um uh the nationwide statistics you know i've mentioned hey we're we're either very near or already better than uh the best we were last summer um washington state isn't yet you know washington state's back where we were in november it is heading down it's heading the right direction maybe october depending on how you count um but it's nowhere near last summer yet so it's like and other parts of the country certainly are already there. Um, but you really have to look 
locally where you are to see what you you know where things are and judge where you are. I mean, I, I've been having conversations with my wife on a, on sort of a regular basis on okay, when do we personally feel comfortable doing various things? Um, and we're still being cautious because you know I'm I'm I I will be two weeks past my vaccination on Monday. I'm the last one in my family other than Alex uh to to be fully vaccinated um but then yeah we still have Alex here who's isn't going to be eligible for vaccination until September so yeah same did, here with, so, with my son so, so we still want to be uh somewhat careful and I all and just to close up this for other people in that situation uh there was a a good New York Times article on May 21st uh, what activities can unvaccinated children do? Advice from 828 experts. And it actually covers not just what the children can do, but how should the parents act, given that they are vaccinated, but their kids aren't. Um, and the bottom, there's a lot of information in there, a lot of people talking about it. But the bottom line is, if you if you read the quotes from the experts they interview, is there's no consensus amongst the experts. Um, the, the experts are divided. There's not a lot of definitive information about that. So they're, they're, you know, they're, they're using their expertise, but, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of disagreement. Um, so, but, so you have to, yeah, but it's good to read and see what sort of the range of what people are thinking about this. The bottom line is if you have unvaccinated kids in the family, and you, even if you're vaccinated, you probably want to be a little bit more cautious than w you would be if you were a vaccinated adult uh, who was single and childless. Yeah, I mean, definitely very different uh, 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 criteria that we all need to follow. And and when and that's even with your own behavior, but certainly when you take your kids out, yeah, you're going to be want to you're you're going to want to be careful with them because you don't know who they're going to interact with who is or is not vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, uh, let's take a break um, and then come back uh, and talk a little bit about uh, the January sixth uh, investigation commission whatever stuff. Back after this. You're listening to this podcast. Do you like it? No! Do you want to support the show? No! Well, after you have subscribed to the show, followed us on Facebook, and told all your friends they should be listening to, what else can you do? I won't subscribe! You can help fund our Patreon at patreon.com slash Corner. Patreon is a way you can throw us a few bucks a month to help out with the expenses of the show. You know, web hosting, equipment, a little bit of advertising to promote the show, and maybe every once in a while some much-needed sedatives for Yvonne. At different contribution levels, you can get a mention on the show, a Curmudgeon's Corner postcard, or even a Curmudgeon's Corner mug. Fun stuff. Not fun! In any case, the contributions help tell us that you enjoy and appreciate the show. I really, really hate Curmudgeon's Corner. Are we worth a buck a month? No! Five bucks a month? No! Or if you are nuts about us, maybe even more. One hundred billion! Billion dollars! Even though you don't have anywhere near a billion dollars. 
If we're worth anything to you at all, send it our way at patreon.com slash curmudgeons corner. Alex hates. Really, really hates. Curmudgeons Corner! That's really mean, isn't it? But I hate Curmudgeons Corner. But I really do! Okay, we are back, and it's time to talk about the... I, I don't know how to refer to this. Like, I've heard people say the 1-6 commission, but it doesn't roll off... I mean, I I know that's analogous to, like, 9-11, but it, I don't know. It just doesn't... January yeah, 6th... It's, it's not, not... It doesn't... Yeah, it doesn't have a... Yeah. I, so, whatever. Um, They've been trying... Well, the Democrats have been trying, almost since this thing happened, to say okay, we're going to need an investigation on it. In order for it to be trustworthy and for people to get it, the best possible thing we could do is take it out of Congress, have a bipartisan commission of sort of experts, um, half of which are appointed by Republicans, half by Democrats, whatever. Um, or that was actually part of the negotiation, whether it would be exactly half and half. But the, the we would have... Uh, a commission of experts modeled on the 9-11 commission and they'd go off, they'd have like a year to do it or whatever, and they'd they'd research it, they'd have the right to subpoena, they would do, do this, and they would come back with a report saying, here's what happened, here's the definitive understanding of this. And apparently for the last few months, they've been working uh, to try to negotiate with the Republicans on how to do this, um, and they'd come to a deal. Um, part of the deal was that in fact, yes, there would be equal numbers of Republicans and Democrats on the commission that in order to do a subpoena, you would have to have the leading Republican and reading, leading Democrat both agree to that. So one side couldn't unilaterally do subpoenas. They'd have to be, you know, whatever. Um, and, uh, a bunch of other things, uh, basically, um, they gave the Republicans, almost everything they wanted. The one thing they didn't give the Republicans was to make it not just about January 6th, but also about like Black Lives Matter and, you know, riots, etc., violence that the right wing likes to exaggerate about what happened last summer with that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so then it, you know, the basically it, 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 the Republican leadership in both the House and Senate has decided, nope, we're not for it. This is going to be... So uh, So it, let me get this straight. Yep. Let me get this straight. So you're saying that the Republicans, oh my God, what a shock, went and you gave them 90 plus percent of what they wanted into something and at the end basically said, it's not a capitulation, so we're not going to do it? Is that the shocking <laughs> development? Uh, th- that actually sounds kind of typical, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It, how do you how do you negotiate with these assholes? There is no negotiating with these people on anything. On anything. This is what they do the entire time. Yeah. Um. And and so where we are right now. Uh, the legislation to set up this commission did pass the house. Um, and significantly it did have 35 Republicans uh, across the aisle to vote in favor of it. Um, which 
yeah, is is a relatively small part. Not of a Repu- small number. Well, I was going to say it's it compared to the whole Republican caucus, where you'd love you'd love it if this kind of thing was just you know the whole House votes on it unanimously, right? But that's not the world we live in. It's a relatively small proportion of the Republicans, but it's bigger than voted for impeachment. So 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 it's like the it's the biggest sort of block of defectors we've had yet, uh, even though it's still relatively small compared to the size of the whole caucus. But, uh, uh, but you know, so some people are sort of saying, well, it's a positive sign that we actually got 35. Um, but it's, uh, it's gone to the Senate, um, and enough Republican senators have now said no, including senators who had voted for impeachment, uh, that it's looking at the moment very unlikely that they'll get uh, to the 10 votes they need to overcome a filibuster. Um, and so there is a question about whether this will actually end up being, you know, something that the Republicans actually filibuster. Now, there's another choice. The Republicans could say, we're not going to vote for it, but we won't filibuster either and sort of allow it to happen that way. Um, right. It's unclear what the plan is. Like, because uh, I think... The Republicans at this point, um, look, the, the, here's the thing. It's going to be investigated no matter what. It's just a question of the format, right? Like this bipartisan commission idea, the basic concept is you try to be fair. You let the Republicans be part of the process. You you try to, you know, do sort of the esteemed experts that are not currently in government. So it's like retired people that have some level of expertise, blah, 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 um, to give it some level of gravitas. What the Republicans essentially by saying no to this, for, first of all, they they don't want it. They don't want this to be dug into at all, right? Because frankly, a good portion of them are implicated. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Yeah, you know, this whole thing was about sort of the big lie and about uh, the whole we're not going to certify the election and we're taught we're we think there's voter fraud in all these states. And so we're contesting it and blah, blah, blah. All, all of what happened on January 6th was tied into all of that. Right. Um, so they don't want to be investigated on that. Kevin McCarthy in the house specifically uh, is clearly someone who would be a witness in here because he talked directly to the president and he made some comments that he was reported on making the day of about, you know, conversations between him and the president, the other people listened into, uh, that implicate the president and some stuff. So of course he would be called as a witness and he doesn't want to do any of this. Um, but if they reject this bipartisan commission, then the fallback position to investigate instead, um, is the Democrats setting up a select committee to investigate this, uh, most likely in the House, may, or maybe a maybe a joint committee, whatever. But they would set up a committee, and then you'd have a scenario like I've seen people saying, "Well, you know, model it after the Benghazi committee, right? <laughs> the Benghazi Select Committee." Um, you know, uh, but then then you would have a scenario where the Democrats are directly in control of that process. Uh, the And they could subpoena who they wanted to, and they would uh, be able to dominate that. And the Republicans could make sort of noise, and you know they would make noise, and they would make these hearings into a circus and whatever. But they could then go away from that saying, 
you know, this is a completely partisan activity. This is not a fair accounting of anything. This is the Democrats going on yet another witch hunt and, and therefore sort of ignore anything that comes out of it, or at least tell, tell their people that this is stupid. I, 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 I find uh, I find it that the uh, Republicans calling the Democrats witch hunters to what be one of the most hilarious things on earth after you just mentioned Benghazi. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, it's just it's just so ridiculous for them to say s- such a thing. I mean, but but they will. I mean, so yeah, I mean, you, you're calling it correctly. They they will so. Yeah, I mean, look, this this whole thing, um, you know, this ties back to the Cheney stuff. This ties back to everything else. At this point, there is a fundamental litmus test that you are not a good Republican unless you at the very least stay quiet about the 2020 election. And ideally, you're jumping up and down saying that, you know, it was stolen from Donald Trump and there was election fraud and we have to do this and we have to do that. And... You know, the the outliers like Cheney are outliers. Yep. And the and so of course the Republicans don't want to look into this. You know? No, they don't. I mean, they're fundamental questions that are still out there about like did did some of these uh Republican Congress people uh give tours to some of the protesters the day before? You know, was there was there were there situations where they were sharing information and uh and and you know what what was their part in encouraging this? It isn't just Donald Trump encouraging this, it's half the freaking Republicans in Congress. Yeah. And you know, and I can I buy that, you know, a lot of them were like, well, yeah, but we didn't want them to actually, you know, stage a coup, <laughs> you know. But you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. You know, you were jumping up and down talking about how how democracy, the country was being stolen from them. Correct. What do you expect? Yep. I mean, they encouraged it, you know, every step of the way. So them acting now like, oh, we couldn't know or whatever. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, they encouraged this every step of the way. We had talked about how they kept saying the election was not legitimate, even after the Electoral College met, even after all the votes were certified. And they kept saying it over and over and over. And and there were a number of Republicans that had been heard by saying, you know, what's the harm in it? It's just a it's just a humor Trump. What's what's the harm? Mm-hmm. What's the harm? Well, oh. So there's the harm. And and of course they're saying things like uh, yeah, the, there was the one of them, I forget even which one it was, but uh, it was like, they're just, it, you know, if you hadn't known that it was January 6th and you looked at some of the footage, you'd think they were just tourists. Oh, yeah, yes, yes. Uh, I can't remember who it was that said that, but yes. Somebody stupid. One of the, some some Republican asshole. And and the the, the before we move on to the next topic, the, the only other thing on this to say is this danger has not passed. You know, I, I feel like, you know, yeah, we don't have another group storming the Capitol tomorrow, right? But the Republican move in general to 
not care about democracy, essentially, with all of the um, anti-voter efforts all around the country to make it harder to vote, um, and the systematic changes they've been making, uh, including Georgia, but there's similar efforts going on elsewhere to give more power to the state legislatures to interfere in what's going on with the elections um, and potentially, you know, pick their own slates of electors and all that kind of stuff. Nothing like that has passed quite yet, but there's still more talk about it. Um, or even just, you know, hey, next time around, um, if you if you replayed the exact same scenario um, that, that we had, um, but had the Republicans in control of both houses of Congress, could you have a scenario where they, in fact, did decide to reject the elector uh, the electoral college results and then do something else maybe i mean fast forward another two and a half three years whatever it is um if the current trends increase you could you know i don't know i don't know anymore like because this 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 trend in the republican party is growing so strong that they really honestly believe that any result where they lose is invalid maybe next well, time but, around but even listen but even when it's an intra party war they're saying that lynn wood tried to run for a post in the South Carolina Republican Party. I think it was to be the chair of the party. And he lost. And he basically said it was fraud. Afterwards, that it was stolen from him. Mm -hmm. Linwood being one of Trump's loony attorneys. So, yeah. I mean, they're doing it even just in between themselves. Yeah. No. So, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, but I will say this. Can I can I tell you one thing that that could help like with this situation? Okay. Yes. And and the Donald Trump dies. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying no, I'm not no, advocating the murder of Donald Trump. It's just there anybody out there, but you know. Hopefully he keeps stuffing his mouth with that fucking Kentucky fried chicken that he loves and all that other garbage. Just just give him as much of, of that as possible. See if the Well, you know, it it's still it definitely still feels like a good fraction of the Republicans in Congress are doing and saying what they do because they're frightened of what would happen if they do anything else. Now there, there's definitely yeah. true believers. Yes, there. there's lots of true like that. That Marjorie. Oh Green no, no, there's a lot of true believers. Yes, they are definitely true believers. But there is another big chunk of the Republican Congress. I, I, I got to tell you something. I don't know if that bitch is, is a true <laughs> believer. I think she's a super grifter. I think she's a super grifter. Mm. Based on if you well, read and, her and entire that, and background, and also that that woman who is just uh, appointed to replace Cheney seems like they're in the same category. They 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 they're just going where the wind's blowing. Yes, exactly. They're just super grifters. They're just trying to catch whatever the wave is is going to make them more popular and give them more sound bites on TV and make them more popular and basically be able to grift more money off of however. The hell they're gonna do it? Another book, appearance, whatever. Where the fuck these people get all their mm. damn money? Yeah, yeah. 
but but there are a few true believers, and may, maybe if you don't think green, oh, no, maybe Bonner or somebody. No, 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 no. But I, but I think that oh, no, I, I I totally believe that there's a whole bunch of true believers. But I think that a lot of the more over the top of these guys, okay, are really, you know, well, Alex Jones himself went on trial and said, oh, that's just an act. Yeah. I mean, the son of a bitch just pulled it out. And, and you know, he's all doing it because he's just making money. Right? Yeah, unfortunately, that's part of it. But I think I think you've got, basically, you've got the true believers, you've got the grifters, and you've got the people who are just scared. <laughs> who are like, if we won't tell... Uh, you got the scared folks, and then you've got the lemmings, yeah. too. Because there's a yeah. lot of these that are just like, oh, just, you know, oh, well, I just... Oh yeah, they said that the election was stolen. Must be true. Mm. <laughs> yeah. In any case, I I feel like we're still in a very dangerous period the next few years because this trend in the Republican Party is growing, not shrinking. And you know, we we've talked before. We've got the headwinds of the midterm elections. The the party in charge usually loses ground and the Democrats don't have any room to spare. Um, and so I, you know, I, I cross my fingers, we'll buck the trend this time, but I would not be shocked in the slightest if, you know, the, the Republicans take one or both houses of Congress back uh, in November 2022. Um, and then, uh, you know, any any forward progress that the Biden administration uh, thought they were having crashes to a halt. And then we've got a real dangerous situation coming up for uh, the 2024 elections. So, <sighs> yeah. I am optimistic that we are going to beat these assholes. That's, that's what I'm saying. Look, I, 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 I'm, I want to be careful of what I, I, I am optimistic to. I'm crossing my fingers, but I am. I feel like it's very dangerous. It's somewhat on the edge. It's not. Oh no, I totally you know. agree. This is this is a battle for the soul of this country. Yeah, this really is. That, that there's. That, it, I I cannot understate the gravity of this. This is what it is. We need to fucking beat these assholes and keep beating them. Again and again, we could not. We can't afford be passive to lose. about this. No, I mean, I we, no. we dodged a bullet in 2020, and I, you know, as much as people talk about how you know uh, Biden won by seven million votes or whatever, and the national popular vote, national popular vote doesn't matter in practical terms. The actual number of votes that would have had to go go the other way was tiny. That would have had to change. Yep, and. If you had had a few more of these election officials, like, be willing to do the stuff Donald Trump wanted them to do in Georgia, in um, uh, in Michigan, in a couple other critical states, uh, then you could have had shenanigans that went another way. Um, and, you know, it, it was really close in 2020. And... I think it's going to be really freaking close in 2024. I, you know, in in 2022. Can I can I tell you, know, you something? It, even with this whole thing, I know that there is that concern with the officials, but in the end, even all those people that were all in on the Trump 
bullshit, whatever, because they were before the election or whatever. In the end, when it came down to, hmm, do I do an illegal act in order to make Trump win? It came down to the fact that they, almost all of them said no. Yeah, but those people who stood up and did the right thing are being run out of town. I, I get that. And replaced by true loyalists. Nah, 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 nah. They're being replaced by people who they think are true loyalists because one of the things that we've talked about this again is the fact that how many of them are scared? How many of them are whatever? How many of them are, you know, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. And and I'm like, I, I, I still say again that a lot of these people, when faced with, oh, let me just do an illegal act. You know, in order to just bend an election like we're a banana republic, it wound up that they were like, no, I can't do it. Yeah, well, I I feel like we got lucky there. I'm not sure we'll get lucky next time, but I hope you're right, you know, Um, because, you know, it's it's not like we don't have plenty of examples of Republican office holders uh, who are not quite respecting the law. I, I, but I, I think. Look, like everything, there, there. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying that's everywhere, right? I mean, not everybody in the Republican Party is Matt Gates or Donald Trump, right? But exactly. Thank you very much. <laughs> anyway, enough of that. Let's take a break. Uh, we got two more things to power through as fast as we can. So we will be back after this. Uh, what, what, what was next again? Uh, let me check my list. Oh, Israel Palestine. Uh, a nice light topic. We will be. Oh God, <laughs> light and frothy. Yes, yes. We will be back right after this. Do do do. Hello, this is Matthew Standard. I'm here to let you know about Sam the Curmudgeon's other podcasts, the Wiki of the Day podcasts. Wiki of the Day comes in three varieties: popular, random, and featured. Each highlights a new Wikipedia article each day. They just pick the articles differently. This week on Popular Wiki of the Day. You would have heard this summary for Nikki de Jager. Nikki de Jager, Dutch pronunciation, Nikki de Jaar, born March 2, 1994, better known by her YouTube channel name Nikki Tutorials, is a Dutch makeup artist and beauty vlogger. She gained online popularity in 2015 after her YouTube video The Power of Makeup became popular and inspired many other videos of people showing their faces with and without makeup. As of January 2021, Her YouTube channel has 13.8 million subscribers and over 1.4 billion video views. That's all there is to it. See? Fun, entertaining, educational, and short. Okay, now look for and subscribe to the Wiki of the Day family of podcasts on your podcast playing software of choice, or just go to wikioftheday.com to check out our archives. Now back to Curmudgeon's Corner. Do do do. Okay, we are back, and so, uh... Israel Palestine, just as an update to the situation, there is a ceasefire at the moment as we are recording. I think the ceasefire has been holding for a few hours. Um, but who knows by the time you listen to this, whether it will or not, uh, it was brokered, I guess, by the Egyptians, uh, between the Israeli government and Hamas, who of course don't talk to each other directly. Uh, but there is a ceasefire in place after, I guess it was 11 days of, uh, of, of the violence going on between the two. Yep. Um, and part of, you know, I, I, I've since last week's show on last week's show, 
we very much took the pox on both your houses uh, type uh, approach to this. Um, and sort of at the end, I said, but look, you know, the, the Palestinians really are the ones who have been getting the raw end of the deal for decades here. Um, but I feel like some of the discussion in the weeks since, I mean, uh, there, there was a thing where AOC and some other Congress people posted about, you know, tweeted uh, the phrase that an apartheid state is not a democracy. You know, obviously talking about this situation. And then you got people <sighs> calling them anti-Semitic and calling, saying that uh, they're clearly anti-Israel and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, all Democrats should be asked to say whether they agree or disagree with the statement. And um, then other people saying, uh, you know, and f- frankly, this is where I think I am, that of course it's an apartheid kind of situation. I mean, look at it. That That is what's going on. I am look let's listen i i don't agree with that okay there, there there's a couple of reasons because there's a lot of people in listen the people you remember you've got the issue of where Pal, of palestine and how it is where it's a situation where that land is is not part of the state of israel okay and where all the countries surrounding it are i have isolated it for a long time let's start mm-hmm. off with that because if you are an arab that lives inside israel which there are a lot of them, yes it's like 20 percent of the population you don't you don't like you're not exactly you're it's not like you don't have like less rights than anybody else who is who lives in israel so so i'm sorry it's not an apartheid state now so i i really find that that that's that's not true Okay, well, the, the, about Israel. The, it, okay, it, it does parallel what South Africa did with their Bantu stands, uh, where they were. Uh, no, 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 because the Bantu stands. Okay, remember. Okay, I'm sorry, but the people, the the, the black African, black. I mean, black people inside South Africa didn't have rights anywhere. No, no. What what, what I'm saying is with, no with with but with but the, Israel. But no, no. But wait, the other problem is that Israel didn't create those territories right now either at this point those territories that are there that are is where palestine is that is not recognized by anybody hey you know what is this what would be the solution they're not they're not controlled by israel why why can't the world jordan or syria for example or egypt and say well let's recognize that palestine is a country palestine is a country why are they also isolated from Jordan and Syria and Egypt? Why are they sealed off mm-hmm. from them? This is not a creation. This is a creation of a political, you know, and geopolitical decision that was made like 50 years ago to create these territories for them. We're basically left these people stateless. Okay. But the rest of the world could recognize them and and create a state but nobody has nobody and it's not israel's decision to deny them being a state either and so i i don't agree because the bantustans were created by the south african government yeah to create those self-governing territories those territories that palestine is in were not created by the state of israel so no, well, this entire they, analogy they they effectively they were they they were places that Israel took over and then in 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 wars uh, that was not okay wait they took over wait how did those wars happen 
<laughs> okay, Israel was attacked. <laughs> oh! You know what? Everybody, everybody keeps forgetting this entire part about this and calling it. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Who the fuck attacked Israel and tried to destroy them off the face of the earth? <laughs> yes. Uh, but the okay. But, so everybody no, but the, you know, the end. And, 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 the, no, the but end, the thing is, the end but, result. But the end result. The end, the end result yeah. was that Jordan, Egypt, and everybody agreed. Oh, okay, we'll agree to this, and basically left them out of lurch because you know what? Egypt, Jordan, and Syria could have said, "Well, let's recognize them as a state and let's create a country," but none of them did either. Well, they would have at that time. They would have had to take it back from Israel, and even now, Israel maintains security control over those areas. It's not like, yeah, you know, yes, Egypt could security open the border. control towards the side of the Israeli border, but they don't just border Israel. Those territories. Yeah, no, you're right. Do do do. Sam from the future here. It took me a while of thinking about this after the show to realize the crux of the difference Ivan and I had on the. Israel as an apartheid state question, and that it applies more generally to how people look at this issue. The picture of Israel as an apartheid state relies on viewing Israel as effectively controlling the situation in the West Bank and Gaza. But of course, as Yvonne said, both of these territories have their own governments, and Jordan and Egypt have some influence on what does or does not cross their borders. But at the same time, Israel maintains effective control on much of what can or cannot happen in these territories. So that's clearly complex. If you buy that both territories are still effectively occupied territories that Israel is responsible for in a significant way until such time as they achieve true independence— then the analogy of an apartheid state resonates, even if it's not a perfect analogy. Because in that case, effectively, Israel is still in charge of the quote-unquote important parts of being a state in those areas, including still maintaining physical control of large portions of the territory, especially in the West Bank, but even in the Gaza Strip, there's like a buffer zone. The key to all of this is how much or how little control you believe Israel is indeed exerting over the fate of these two territories. But this is also part of why the pro-Israeli side of the debate takes such an offense at this characterization. Essentially, for Israel to be an apartheid state, you are looking at the situation as if there was one state covering Israel, the West Bank, and the Gaza Strip. And unlike the two-state solution, all of the potential views of a one-state solution with one, hopefully, democratic country covering all of this territory, you know, it, it essentially does erase Israel as an ethnic or religiously based state. It could only exist as a secular and aggressively multicultural state. And obviously that kind of state would have a very different character than what exists today, notwithstanding the fact that, yes, there are Arab Israelis today. Interestingly, though, one thing that Yvonne got wrong actually bolsters the case to not consider the West Bank and Gaza Strip as under Israel's control, and therefore argues against the apartheid analogy. Namely, 
Ivan mentioned that these territories were not recognized by anybody as a country, and he suggested that Jordan, Syria, or Egypt, for instance, could recognize Palestine as a country if they wanted to, but they don't. Well, actually, Jordan and Syria recognized the state of Palestine in 1988, and Syria did it in 2011. And in fact, at this point, 138 of the 193 member states of the UN have recognized Palestine, including nine out of the G20. Uh, that would be Argentina, Brazil, Pakistan, China, India, Indonesia, Russia, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, and Turkey. Now, the US doesn't, and most of Europe doesn't, but why is that? It's specifically because they say they will not do so and do not think it is appropriate unless it is related to a more general Israel-Palestine peace deal, which ends up meaning that essentially for those countries, Israel has a veto. They will recognize Palestine once Israel does. But in any case, Palestine is indeed widely recognized worldwide at the moment, and has some level of internal self-determination, with Israel still exerting significant control. So, again, it's a complicated mess. Okay, uh, Alex is saying this drop-in is getting to be a whole segment of its own, so I'll stop now. Back to the show. Do-do-do! So this is a far more, but 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 then but let's let's remember the other part of this. Yes, go ahead. The Palestinians many years ago decided to have Hamas <laughs> be the the uh, in, okay, in, Ga yes. in Gaza in the Gaza Strip specifically, in, as opposed in, to in the, the Gaza West Strip Bank, right. as as the as the as the leader. What does the Charter of Hamas say? They still want to get rid of Israel entirely. Yes, they're Holocaust deniers. They want the destruction of Israel. They advocate that, that that they say that Jews are basically cannot be trusted. They are, they have been an extremely anti-Jew, anti-racist, anti-Semitic group mm -hmm. for their history. Okay. Now, I'm not saying any of this to say, hey, what Israel did is totally right, and <laughs> the way that has been handled by Netanyahu is good. I, I'm not saying that at all. Well, what I'm saying is, look, I don't know who the fuck you're defending, but those people are a bunch of assholes too. Oh, no, okay. Look, no, let me separate out what I'm talking about. I'm because I am certainly not saying Hamas is a bunch of good people. Um, what I'm saying is that Israel is specifically very much so uh, accelerated by what uh, Netanyahu's been doing uh, since he's been in power this time around, um, has consistently made the situation worse. I agree. Agreed 100%. In, in term in terms of expanding settlements, encroaching into the territory first, walling off Ga Gaza until it's essentially an armed prison camp uh, that people can't get out of. You're absolutely right. Egypt could let them out too, and they don't. Um, but you know, I I Israel very much has, by the way they have restricted. What is available to Palestinians, especially in Gaza, in Gaza, but also in the West Bank, they are 
making all of these divisions worse. They are sort of uh, pounding down on these people, restricting their ability to uh, develop economically or otherwise. They are, um, they, they, they control just enough that there's not enough autonomy for those folks to move forward. I, I, I agree. Again, I said this, la- I said this last week, they're not helping themselves either. But, but Israel is definitely, has been systematically making it worse over time, I believe. Um, and you know, is not in the Netanyahu, the Netanyahu government ever since they have been in power has systematically made this worse. There, there had been a lot of progress made in prior years before Netanyahu had come in, mm-hmm. and you know, and then that progress, like in in the last twenty years, has slid back down. Okay, and and we have, we are in the situation where we're where we are in right now, and and you know, but unfortunately, at the same time, during that time period, also very extremist groups also have ta- have taken, mm-hmm. you know, been been the ones that are leading the charge on the other side. So it's really a, a fucking like pick your poison of who the fuck you want uh, uh, as a group, because yes, Netanyahu, what is he doing is despicable, but then at the same time, the people that you guys picked to, to, to choose are people that basically vowed to eradicate and eliminate all these like Jew freaking liars and whatever, whatnot. And so I'm like, you know what? What the fuck, man? And, and, then, and then and then you got the other you, you got uh, in the, the Palestinian Authority uh, is is, you know, from the politics side of it might be slightly more moderate, but they seem to be completely corrupt and incompetent and unable to push anything from their side. So you don't have any, any good, there's no good set of partners here, you know, on, you know, on the Hamas side, on the Palestinian authority side or the Israeli side. But, but, and the thing is that neither Jordan, well, Egypt now brokered this. Yes. Okay. All right. But, you know, and and let's let remember, you know, Egypt for up until they, you know, the peace accords by Sadat and oh God, who was it? Begin, yeah, was the prime minister? Yes, uh, with Carter, sounds right? Yep. Up until that time, they had been at war with them mm-hmm. on the side, uh, you know, on on the side of destroying Israel. Up until that time, and then they brokered that peace agreement, and. The sign they took the Sinai back, but my point is that those group, those countries have also not been forceful advocates for them either anymore. Right? Yeah, I, we mentioned last week. Like everybody's abandoned the Palestinians at this point. <laughs> Everybody. Yes, everybody's abandoned the Palestinians, and I do believe that the Palestinians should have. A properly constituted country, and that their rights for their for their borders should be recognized. But at the same time, you know they need to also be led by people who recognize that Israel is going to exist, and that basically saying that what is it that they call in their charter? They basically let me see. I I, I pulled up some of the stuff that they that 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 they said. Uh, aside from the Holocaust denial, let's see. Uh, basically that. Um, there were three articles in the Hamas charter that were interesting. Uh, that the day of judgment will not come about until Muslims fight the Jews, when the Jews will hide behind stones and trees. The stones and trees will say, oh, Muslims, oh, Abdullah, there's a Jew behind me, and come kill him. It's a lovely line, okay? 
Uh, there was another one where basically they said that uh, that the world wars were created by Zionists in order to to create uh, Israel. Okay, uh, and uh, I mean lovely shit like this. Okay, and I'm just like you know, really, for real. I mean, what the fuck? What year is this again? And this is you know so. I gotta tell you something. I sit down. You, you, say you you're an Israeli Jew. Forget about not being Netanyahu. How do you sit down and negotiate with these folks? You, 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 I, on the one hand, you like. To, it's easy to say you can't, but then there's the the retort you usually have that you know negotiation of this sort. You, you're not nego. You have to negotiate with your enemies. You know. I mean. That's how you break the logjam is you talk. I, I agree. I, I, I totally agree. But 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 this is difficult. Okay. Oh, uh, there's, no, right? th- there's a reason this has been going on for 70 years. Yes, it's difficult. Yes. Um and so I, I think that you know, and I and I really my biggest beef that I've had for the last 30 years is the lack of advocacy that the Arab countries surrounding there have had zero advocacy for the Palestinians. None whatsoever. They really have abandoned them and don't give up. Beyond, beyond sort of lip service. Lip service. Be, beyond lip service and using them. The Saudis love to use them for like propaganda or whatever. And then you know what? All of a sudden they're saying that the there's an say there's an economic blockade by Israel. So why don't you airlift stuff and give them money and give them food and give them stuff? They they can afford to. Why won't they? Why would they break the blockade? Because I don't agree with those tactics by Israel. But the way to solve that is, hey, guess what? You're gonna try to do that? No, we're gonna you know what? We're gonna be on their side and we're gonna show you that that's not you know that that's not gonna work. But they won't. They don't do that. And that really pisses me the fuck off because, like I said, they use them for lip service. All these fuckers, you got on one side to use them for lip service, and then you got on the other side Netanyahu, who thinks that the right strategy to deal with these people is just to isolate them, push them, do them, treat them like shit. Okay, and I'm just like, you know, what the fuck, man. So let let, let me ask, uh, sort of slightly changing gears there. Um, the other thing that's been brought up, that's brought up every time there's one of these Israel versus Palestine flare-ups, is that invariably the you know the Palestinians you know like we talked about they they shot like four thousand rockets rockets or something yes. like that uh, at Israel and but you know they they killed like what was it a a, a dozen or two people in Israel. A dozen, yeah. Um, meanwhile, uh, Israel re- retaliates um, and kills many hundreds. Yeah. And so it's always imbalanced in that way. Yep. Uh, frankly, because while the Palestinian, you know, is specifically Hamas, let's be specific, like, because, uh, you know, yeah. there are all kinds of innocents involved here and the Palestinian Authority is doing their own thing. Yes. But let's say specifically Hamas, um, they would love to kill a lot more people in Israel. They would love to do a yes. full-on attack. It's not for lack of more. trying. It's not for lack yeah. of trying. It's from lack of capability. And because the Correct. the Israelis have uh, a, you know a really good defense system, etc., and much 
higher capability. And then so then when the Israelis go in and attack Gaza, Gaza is like one of the most heavily populated places in the entire planet. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the Israelis talk about how they're careful and how they've called and given warning and let people get out. Uh, you know, they 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 took down that building where the AP and Al Jazeera was, but they gave them an hour's notice. They were on the phone with the people. Yes. They told them, you know, no, we're not. We are you need to evacuate. We, we are yep. going to do it. You have to evacuate, get out. And and apparently they've done the same thing with various other buildings that they've blown up. Uh, but they haven't always been able to do that. Like one of the attacks that you heard about that where a lot of civilians were killed and a lot of children were killed um, was a case where uh, at least the the story from the Israelis is that they were attacking Hamas tunnels underneath the street next to the apartment building. And when they destroyed the tunnels, the buildings next door collapsed. Um, and okay. Um, but then, you know, you, you killed a lot of civilians. I saw so many like in, you know, it, they talked about cases where, you know, this person, the, the entire family was killed and there was one like two year old survivor or this one, get, you know, Look, I, 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 Alyssa, like I've said this before, I, I, I don't agree with this, this, this proportionality or response and what's going on. Okay. And I get that. Look, and I know because I've said it that it, look, the, 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 the guys firing those rockets from, from Hamas, they hoped that they would kill hundreds. Yeah. Thousands if they could have, but they didn't. But it's one of those things where I just this this is just not right either. Um, you know, yeah, they tried to, to you know obliterate the tunnel and they fucking like leveled you know, Jesus, you know, they leveled a fucking apartment building. You, it's just not, you know, it's just not right either. But you know, in history, when we've had this kind of conflicts anywhere else mm -hmm. this is the unfortunate result of this kind of shit always the fucking the worst of the innocence i mean war wars are bad yeah they're not good i mean if you remember like the conflict northern ireland you know and how many innocent people got killed there you know for over so long um i mean in the balkans uh and, and and look, you don't even have to go back that far. I mean, you can point out time after time again where the U.S.'s wars elsewhere done this same have killed. Thing. Like, yeah. the, sometime, I, I forget exactly when, it was the late Obama administration, early Trump administration around there. You know, we knocked out, like, uh, a residential building, too. Yeah. And killed, like, hundreds of people. Um and there have been numerous cases where our drone strikes have taken out uh, taken out all sorts of innocent people along with whoever yep. our target was. Or we miss our oh, target yeah. entirely and hit innocent people. Totally. You know, and so, the, yes, the civilian deaths are an almost inevitable part of any war. And, and frankly, even if they weren't civilian deaths, I mean, military casualties are still not great either, but at least they're sort of understandable no. in the scenario. Uh, you know, you, you, you expect it. And, and look also, I, I mean, look, civilian casualties, at least now you have people thinking about it. I mean, you only, you don't have to go back that far in history, you know, world war two, there was mass bombing of cities by all sides, you know? Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. We did it. The Germans did it. 
The Russians did it. Yeah. The Japanese did it. Everybody who had a chance was going after civilian population centers as part of what they did because that's how war was waged. Um, we've hopefully gone a little bit past that in most situations, but you still get the civilian civilian casualties. And, and you know, look, Israel's saying, look, we're trying to be careful, but it's inevitable. But you still can't get away from... In the end, you end up with these massively disproportionate numbers, and you got to wonder, like, was that really, truly necessary? Yes, of course, you're getting 4,000 rockets coming into Israel. You got to do something, okay? But is this the thing you have to do? Was this really necessary in this form? Could you have reacted differently? And Listen— let me let me read you a quote from a story in the New York Times today about this. Uh, it's called "After the Ceasefire, Gaza Wakes to a Sea of Rubble." And um, the the let me let me quote this. Uh, the conflict began on May 10th when Hamas fired a barrage of rockets at Israeli towns and cities to protest the treatment of Palestinian worshippers and residents in Jerusalem. Several people in Gaza City said that that was a legitimate goal and that the Hamas offensive had restored Palestinian pride after a humiliating series of police raids on the Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem. It's the prophecy of Prophet Muhammad, said Munir Saleh, 53, the owner of a well-known restaurant down the road from Kolak's destroyed home. We have to sacrifice everything we have for Al-Aqsa. So understand this, right? Why did the fuck did this whole thing start? I mean, well, pride? Well, o over pride. No, no, it's, 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 this is where the escalation happened. The whole thing started when, the, you know, because you... It, you go back a couple steps because the you know this initial set of escalations happened when the Israelis once again were kicking out a bunch of Palestinians from somewhere in East Jerusalem for another settlement, and then there were protests in Al Aqsa because of that, and then the police reacted to Al Aqsa, and then Hamas responded with the missiles. So yes, the missiles were a big escalation, but it had been growing before then, and the first mover in that situation was actually a provocation by Israel once again expanding settlements that they didn't have to. I, I, I get that, but but I get that, but the whole point is that, you know what, listen, it, it, it's this whole thing about, you, you talked about proportionality, okay? <laughs> yeah, yes, this is another proportionality issue. I mean, come on, man. I, I, I'm just like... Every every step in the escalation process that I mentioned was a place where the person who escalated could have gone a different direction, and we would have avoided all of this. Okay, or at least most of it. Yeah. Uh, but we're, yeah. But you're you're absolutely right that like uh, the escalation to let's fire four thousand rockets is a big escalation over the police actions that happened before. But as you back down that chain. Like, if the Israelis didn't have this policy of ever in, ever increasing settlements by kicking more and more Palestinians out of places where they are currently living, then you wouldn't have even started the cycle. But, 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 uh, I, uh, but I understand. But my whole point is that, and, and you know, you were going back to, to, uh, how the Palestinians are right about that. Yeah. But how do you get, the world to rally support around them to stop this like right now. And it is not by taking the offensive and 
and shooting the rockets. Yeah. That's where you lose. Like, I think as you were going through that cycle, as the police were taking more and more vicious action in Jerusalem, world sympathy was very much on the Palestinian side. Once the rockets started flying, not as much. And let me just say this. Look, today I saw this, pro- you know, I live in an area that is very, you know, heavily populated by people, by uh, Jews are from Israel. So the Palestinians were out there. There was a group of people protesting pro-Palestine, basically with racist fucking boards, you know, like signage. And I'm just like, okay, so... You you march into town with a whole bunch of anti-Semitic signs, and you this is how you rally support. That's yeah, that doesn't help anything. That makes things worse. And so I'm looking at it. I'm like, like I said, I, I I've been one that ever since you know I understood the plight of Palestine back in the '80s. I have been I I am very pro the fact that they need. Uh, 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 they they need to have a a country a state that is recognized, you know, for the Palestinians, that is properly that that you know that that they can have their own state, and the fact that we are thirty five plus years later they still don't have one, and 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 you know what, going and doing that as well is not a way of getting that either, and so I I just it, it's just very frustrating. To me, because I I I I really really believe in 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 the fact that they they deserve this, but I you know when I you know when their defenders are these fucking people that that's what they do, and I'm just like you know what no I, I can't I mean I, I mean you want me to I mean I I despise what Netanyahu's been doing, but I'm I'm also like what the fuck man, it's just very frustrating. Because I want these people to have a home. I, I mean, I, 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 I feel like one of one of the things here, and is, look, there, there's a very big power asymmetry here as well. Oh yeah, no, totally, no, totally. And this is this is where this is where I start looking into this in terms of, you know, yes, Hamas is absolutely doing an incredibly wrong and stupid thing by escalating by shooting rockets into Israel. And of course they ex- you know they've got to expect the response they got, right? I mean, yeah, oh they I, I I'm pretty sure that they 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 actually probably wanted it to a certain extent. But but at the same time, it's like the power asymmetry is such that really it's Israel that's controlling the situation. Okay? Israel could have chosen not to further settle into Palestinian lands. Yep. Israel could have allowed the Palestinians to protest, uh, you know, in, in Jerusalem without, you know, going after them aggressively with police. Yep. Yep. Israel could have responded to the 4,000 rockets by basically saying, hey, our... You know, our, our defensive missile systems are basically working, and let's specifically target a couple of the rocket launchers and then be done. Yeah. You know, yep. they could yep. have chosen Agreed. a more restrained response. Agreed. Instead, their response was in general, like, they kept asking, when are you going to stop? And they said, basically, hey, we got a list of targets, 
that we want to make sure that we take out all of these places so that they're, you know, they're, they're taken out so that they can't even think about doing something like this again for a few years, you know? Um, and so they were aggressive about their response. And so you get the civilian casualties, you get everything else. It Because Israel disproportionately has the power in this situation, they are the ones who are best able to to start the de-escalation or to encourage the de-escalation. Um, it's, it's, you know, I mean, again, you know, Hamas shouldn't be shooting rockets over either, but because Israel has the power, they have the luxury almost of being able to say, you know, we could be more aggressive here, but we don't need to be. Let's be a little bit more restrained. Let's be, Let's reach out the hand of like compromise and let's let's realize some of the grievances the Palestinians have and try to make their lives better. You know, you start trying to make the the lives better of the people in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip and some of these problems start to dissipate over time. You know, you get rid of the embargoes, you let them have trade, you let them have independent ways of getting to the rest of the world, you know, you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There are all kinds of steps that you could take. And of course, the immediate, you know, Israeli thing is, well, we're not going to empower Hamas. And okay, I understand that. But, you know, you start making it so that these people aren't in such desperate straits, and that relieves that starts to relieve some of the tension. Now there's some of the tension that is independent of that and will exist no matter what you do, but it's certainly made worse by making it's making the lives of these people so difficult. I mean, I think that a lot of the dynamic is the same thing as we we're talking about over here. When finally somehow Israel gets rid, you know, changes who their political leader is, it will make a significant change in what the hell is going on. Yeah. I think that's true. If if, if that ever happens, right? <laughs> if that ever happens, is I don't know. It's like, I mean, they just keep, you know, I, I don't know. It's like rolling dice and just keep getting double zeros <laughs> repeatedly. I mean, like like you said, I mean, Fundam fundamentally, the issue here is uh, Netanyahu, Netanyahu and his you know compatriots have decided that they don't actually have an interest in getting into a healthy, peaceful two state two state solution no. where Palestine and Israel live side by side and both are healthy and economically vibrant and all of that. They've decided that their best way forward is to make sure as much as they can that these two areas remain isolated and impoverished. Yep. 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 Okay. Uh, let's take a break. We're running a bit long, but we got one more thing, the crypto crash. Let's take a break and we'll, we'll be back right after this talking about crypto fun stuff back after this. Do, do, do. This podcast is sponsored by AlexMzilla.com. AlexMzilla is great. It's on YouTube. And it has lots of fun videos. AlexMzilla is awesome and great. 
I love his videos, and they are obviously better than Curmudgeon's Corner. Well, they're funnier. They're more interesting. And frankly, he seems at least a little smarter than either of the hosts of Curmudgeon's Corner. Honestly, it's ridiculous how endlessly talented and phenomenal Alex Emzela is. That's how great his YouTube channel is. A-L-E-X-M-X-E-L-A dot com. Yes. Do, do, do! Okay, and here we are. So last week, we talked very, a very small amount of time. Like, we had a whole section on economy, and at the very end of it, we talked about uh, Elon Musk and his comments and how he'd caused... Uh, a, a bit of a dive in Bitcoin and some other things. And I said, look, you know, fine, he did a dive, but really compared to the volatility in this thing anyway, I mean, it went down, but by the end of the day, it was back up uh, halfway to where it was before. And it really isn't that big. We see these kinds of swings all the time. Uh, you know, Elon Musk's little comment didn't actually have something big. But of course, what happened was, you know, it had gone up again, but then it started heading down again. <laughs> and then we had a much bigger crash. Um, and so, you know, most Bitcoin and most other major coins were down essentially, you know, 50%-ish, plus or minus, depending on what you're talking about, uh, from their highs, uh, and then and then started bouncing back. But there was a major, major crash in the crypto world. Uh, so we talked last week a little bit about how this was all speculation and you shouldn't have money you really need in there. So I hope you took my advice, because that would have been a good time to pull out of it for a little bit. Um, I didn't. I, of course, kept all my little stuff I'm playing with. But um, so, Yvonne. What do we think about uh, the crypto world? So they came out uh, recently with this Bitcoin volatility index. Okay. okay? Yeah. Uh, which measures what the volatility in cryptocurrencies is. This came out, uh, I don't know, a few months ago, if I understand correctly. It reached a record high this week, the crypto volatility index. Uh, okay. So... Yeah, it, it, it's just so it, cryptocurrencies were at their most volatile and unpredictable ever that they have tracked so far. So this week was very significant in terms of of that. And, you know, there was a lot of I mean, there was quite a lot of currency slid currencies. I called them currencies. Well, yeah, they are, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Right. Um. But it, it it's a uh, you see the but the big big problem is uh all of these are so subject to this because of how many people you know the the true market cap of these isn't really that big in terms of when you look Comparison at globally to the like economy exactly they're they're not that big and so. Um, Big trades can have make big swings. I, I, I'm, I'm look, just um, as an example, Bitcoin is the biggest of these. I'm looking mm -hmm. at it, the Bitcoin market cap right now is 674 billion. That's not that much, you know. I mean, that's not even like I mean, what's like like it's like 25 percent of Apple. It's about it. So it's not that big, but it just gets a lot of attention. Um, you know, these. 
damn things, okay, because of the fact that they're just, nobody understands them. And people keep creating fake ones, just, well, creating fake ones, they're all, like, whatever. They just create them. I mean, there was, Sam shared an article about some guy that created one. What, what did he say? Well, what the hell? We'll just create ass coin. So, before we move on, the article that Yvonne is looking for is from Bloomberg. Uh, it's Asscoin Billionaire, Tales from the Fringe of yes. the Crypto Craze. Oh, God, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the <laughs> author's name. <laughs> oh, my Miss God. Your yes. Okay, go oh, ahead. Try, Yvonne. Okay, let me let me give this a try. Mr. Lena Eggcoffopolu. Mr. Lena Eggcoffopolu. Yeah. And Charlie Wells. And Charlie Wells. Yeah, a lot easier. <laughs> and anyway, it was it was published May 20th, and it's basically about how it's actually really easy to create your own new crypto coin. Um, there are tutorials online on how to do it, and you can you, you can set one up, and then there, there's apparently a lot of people who are just creating their own coins and then paying, like, social media influencers to push their coin in order to get, like, a big burst of attention, and then they get out and collect their money. So he he said so ass coin which he laid five you know laid five hundred dollars on it is officially that's Australian safe shepherd. That's what it's supposed to. Be. Yes, but look, they're creating all these coins, and look, just there there is no difference between the tulip craze and these damn things. There is none, zero. I mean. The problem now, is, now, Yvonne, yeah. uh, on our Curmudgeon's Corner Slack, our loyal listener Bruce chimed in and said, "But wait, you're 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 missing the big opportunity of blockchain, and it's going to revolutionize all kinds of things." And blah blah blah. Yeah. What What's your response there? It, 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 luck. <laughs> that blockchain, the main purpose of blockchain originally was to have decentralized databases, basically, where the records were unhackable. And so instead of, you know, having to go to a property registry to check to see if your reg if, if the property was properly registered at the centralized database where they kept the book and kept whatever, it was kept in the blockchain where, because the records were on the way that they were created, nobody could make a change you you can't change them without your key and if somebody makes an addition to it it's it's always there's a record of it okay and so it it made them unhackable in that way and so it's decentralizing what a lot of we do when in centralized ledgers that's the main thing i don't know where that that's turned into a currency because one of the big problems with these is that they don't act well as currencies, okay? Number one is a currency is supposed to be a store of value, okay? And the problem is that the volatility of, the, of this makes it that it's unpredictable how much value you've got. 
at any point in time. I mean, if you got paid in Bitcoin right now, you you know, you might not at this point right now, you got paid today. Maybe you'll have enough money to pay your mortgage in a few weeks. Maybe you won't based on the volatility that it's got. So that's one problem, okay? Number two, ease of transaction. They're terrible at it. They're super slow. Making a Bitcoin transaction a real one, not going through a broker for it, but actually, you know, transacting Bitcoin itself is slow and energy consuming. And so they don't do a lot of the shit that a currency is supposed to do very well. And so I'm just at the point that I'm just like, look, this is just bullshit. It might as well be Pokemon cards or NBA cards. I mean, they're not, and, and no, but even, but it's worse because a Pokemon card, oh, look, they made this. We like it. It's collectible, whatever. You're basically buying tulip bulbs because they're, I mean, they're useless. It might as well just be wood chips. I mean, it's just, you're buying nothing. Well, each of those things you mentioned, tulip tulip bulbs and wood chips, actually do have uses. Yes, so even those They're have actually uses. better. <laughs> you know, and, and so this seems, and, and look, you can compare it to actual dollar bills or something. Th- those are useless too. But the, but the thing they are is only that... Valu- that... But, but I, I just want to say, they're only valuable because other people want them. And th- that's the same thing here. I mean, the, the, you know... It is the, the same, but at the same time, okay, how difficult is it for you to send me money? Dollars. It's not hard. I mean, I want to send you 20 bucks right now. It, it'll take me like two seconds and you've got the 20 bucks. Right? Yeah, I, I pick which of half a dozen apps I want to do it on, and I send you money. Exactly. Yeah. And by the way, are 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 you are we sure that that the value of that is relatively stable? So the twenty dollars right now isn't going to be worth like ten times more plus or minus in the next few minutes. <laughs> yeah. It, it, you know. Okay, so that's the thing. The problem with these is just that, man. I mean, you're 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 going in, and you're like. I mean, it's it's unpredictable in that way. And the problem is that the market can be easily manipulated because if you look, there is, like you said, the total market for Bitcoin, which is the biggest one, is six hundred and fifty billion. I, I just I just wanted to point. I wait. I just wanted to point out because you made that point. My Coinbase portfolio in the last hour has dropped six percent. <laughs> in so, the last hour, you know. Well, we recorded this show. You've lost 6%. Yes. yes. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that you put your money in dollars is because you go over to the bank and you don't expect in an hour to see 6% of it gone. And so that's where this whole thing, let me put it this way. You know, to, for the difference between like, uh, you know, how much, uh, physical dollars in circulation okay all right actual physical currency it says here let's let me see the the actual amount of physical currency in circulation just the, the physical notes I, I think it reads as like 1.2 trillion dollars so 
there are, I mean, and that doesn't count all the money that we have stored that isn't in physical form because we get paid right. so you're much. you're talking in, dollars right yeah, now. Yeah, U.S. dollars. Because there's so much that is in, in electronic transaction right now um, that, uh, you know, these are $2 trillion in physical, uh, actually, I looked it up. No, it's more up to $2.1 trillion in actual physical notes. And these are the physical ones. So it's four times even what Bitcoin is in there, just in the ones that we carry around in our pockets. And so, I mean, it's just, it's a, I don't know, this is very, this market is just, I I have for years told people not to invest in it, and, and, and probably from a return investment, I was, I was wrong, because, you know, you, you obviously, if you look, forget about what's happened over the last few months, you definitely made a lot of money. I I mean let 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 me, let me put it this way like my 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 Coinbase portfolio I'm looking at it right now uh, now I have dollar cost averaged it into it a little bit so yeah yeah you know, this is a little bit exaggerated but year over year even after dropping like almost well around fifty percent in the last couple of weeks I, I'm still up like almost seven x year over year. Right. Um, and again, I did dollar cost average into it. If you take that out of it, I'm probably only like triple or something, but still, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's. But will it stay that way? I don't know. Like, we could be halfway down this fall. I mean, uh, you know, when we talked about crypto a couple months ago, uh, you know, I was like, look, this has gone up, you know, I, I, this has gone up so much. I would not be surprised in the slightest by, you know, an 80, 90% drop, you know, it, cause it's, it's crazy high. And if you remember way back in, when, when, what is it like in, uh, I'm checking the date on it in 2017, uh, you know, it went down like 70%, you know, or it, at the end of 2017, beginning of 2018, it went, it, you know, it went, um, before it started going back down again. Let, okay, let me make make sure I have these dates right. Uh, it, Bitcoin peaked. Uh, let me look at Bitcoin specifically rather than my little portfolio here. Um, da, 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 hold on. There we go. Uh, it, it peaked in December 2017 uh, at Bitcoin was right around $20,000. And then... Uh, it went until February 2019, so a little over a year later before it hit its minimum, down at 3,000. So it went from 20,000 to just over 3,000 uh, over the course of a little bit more than a year. Uh, would not be shocking at all if we're in for that kind of a trend right now yep. before it goes up again, if it goes up again. I, you know, some people are like, well, of course it's going to go up again. It's inevitably going to go up. I saw a link to some analyst on some channel or other saying, you know, Hey, Bitcoin will be back at 200. We'll, we'll, we'll hit its highs again. And we'll be at 250,000 within two years. Right. I'm like, maybe, maybe it could just as well go down to a buck. Well, it's like, kind of like your predictions. Of course, I would make a prediction right now as one of our, our, our loyal, uh, uh, what was it? The, the difference between my prediction and yours is that 
Sam will predict, well, the value of Bitcoin will be between $60,000 and $1. And I would say the value of Bitcoin would be $25,000, plus or minus two. And and the plus or minus two only comes out because Sam forced me to give a range. At that yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. Like, I, you know, I, I, I hear the hypesters talking about like how this technology is going to revolutionize the world and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, in there eventually this will. There are a lot of just- practical uses for this technology for a lot of things. But I really don't think that the real good uses is what the hell they're doing with it right now based on the current technology iteration of it because it's so inefficient the way it works right now that's the biggest problem yeah and 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 again the fact that there 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 are uses for it but those uses aren't necessarily tied to like what people like again what people are actually doing here is speculating. Yeah. Okay. That that's that's it. Like the 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 price They're not using of it to these buy things, things. They're not using it to transact. Well, not not even that. Not not even that. But the price is not related to the potential usefulness of the technology that's behind yep. it. Right. Yep. Um. Like I'll I'll give you an idea. One of one of the things that I bought fifty bucks worth of a while back, um, which uh had had gone up to being worth more than 600 bucks and is now worth like 290 or so or no 270 or so at the moment um is this thing called um decentraland uh-huh okay it's an ethereum token that powers the decentraland virtual reality platform mana the coin can be used to pay for virtual plots of land in Decentraland, as well as in-world goods and services. Okay? And if you go to this thing, um, yeah, if you... I, I did this a while back ago. I should... Um, you can go to Decentraland.org. I'm going to it right now. Okay? Create, explore, and trade in the first ever, the first ever virtual world owned by its users. Okay? And it's... It's literally like fake cyber real estate <laughs> where you can like put your claim on a plot that you will potentially maybe do something with. It says, you know, virtual reality platform or whatever, and you're buying and trading real estate within this platform. Okay. Now, when I bought my $50 worth of this coin, I didn't even pay attention to what was underlying and what's behind it here. Right. But. Yeah, yeah. Again, it was just just gambling, essentially. But really, you're <laughs> you're buying virtual real estate in some specific virtual world that nobody's ever heard of. The grid. This isn't even like this isn't even like if you remember years ago. You know, people were all in Second Life, and we're talking about being in that. Or you had people doing stuff in World of Warcraft, and and you know whatever. You had these centralized environments where lots of people were there and interacting with each other and conducting commerce and all kinds of stuff. This thing? Who's in this thing? <laughs> who's paying attention to this? Nobody. So if you're what you're doing is speculating on real estate in this goofy little virtual world thing, 
Is there any doubt whatsoever that this will completely collapse to zero at some point? No. Like, first of all, the prices that are in there right now have got to be completely unrelated to any actual use of this stupid virtual world. It's just people speculating on the currency, right? But if, let's say there was an underlying value and people were actually paying to have space in this world, right? Well, these things come and go. Like, if people were getting excited about this, okay, fine, they'll be excited for a little while, eventually they won't be, <laughs> No, It's just like, you know, are, 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 it's like people playing, paying for your know, real estate in Minecraft or something. No. <laughs> Come on. No. What are you thinking? Um, and so, yeah, this, and, and like, uh, all, all, all of these things, like, there's some that are more or less frivolous than others, right? You know, there are some that are, are more tied to actual practical uses and whatever. And then there are the things like, you know, Asscoin that we talked about before, <laughs> you know? That's, and, you know, I had to insert a correction into last week's show where I said there was that um, one of the Ethereum creators uh, gave to charity in Dogecoin. No, it wasn't actually in Dogecoin. It was in Shiba Inocoin. Which was oh, an imitation God. of Dogecoin that somebody created, right? Um, and and you know this this you know, and so yeah, these things are proliferating, and uh, and people are doing that. That article about the Asscoin thing talks a lot about this, but there are lots of people just doing straight up pump and dump schemes on these things. They create the coin, they hype it up, they get people to buy it, and then they get the hell out. I mean, that's what you Elon know? Musk was doing with this whole fucking thing himself. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, Yvonne, apparently there are tutorials on how to do this. Should we make a curmudgeon's coin? Oh. Or a curmudgeon's coin? No, I'm, we're not making a fucking curmudgeon's coin. No. No, 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 no. You're not making a curmudgeon's coin. You know, they used, no, to, sell, no, we, you know, they used to sell swamp land, you know? And, and that was like, you know, I guess that was like the precursor well, yeah, to this but, stuff. But didn't that end up being Disney World? No, no. I mean, I still, I you know, for reference. The I, town, Roy. Yes, Roy. I, I actually just Roy pulled Ford. up a map of Roy again, like now. 20, so <laughs> if any of you guys don't know, we, we, we had set out 20 plus years ago to do Yvonne, a trip yeah. uh, following GPS and maps. Okay, a software called Street Atlas on a laptop. Uh, which that was like, you know, look, we were way ahead of our time doing that then. We were going to go from from New Jersey to Florida following the computer navigation instructions, and it went pretty well. And so we reach a place in Florida. Where, on back roads. On back, on back roads. And we we're trying to, yeah, we were avoiding interstate highways. We're going on back roads. So we reach a place in Florida where it looks like there's this big town called Roy. It looks like this huge town on the map. And when we get there, it's just tracks of swampland that somebody had parceled out and mapped out these roads that weren't really roads for the most part there were one or two paved roads everything else was just you know they just ran a couple of bulldozers through there in order to just clear some land in order to make a fake roads and it's still on a grid yeah, at, at best at, at best it was like a grassy path or a muddy path right exactly and and still to this day it's still basically just that sam it's it's all it is. So, you know, they had these schemes here in Florida where they sold swamp land to people, and this is the kind of stuff that you got. You know? And so, 
Mm-hmm. That's what it was. And so now we've traded, uh, you know, the Swampland schemes for, you know, on fake towns that, you know, kind of like don't exist into freaking Bitcoin, the cryptocurrency. So it's called, uh, by the way, they, they've upgraded the name a little bit. Now, now they, they, they've, it's got some sounding name like called Flagler Estates. Oh, Flagler Estates. Oh yeah. Very classy now. Yes. They're, they're on the up and up. So no longer Roy. It is Roy still, but apparently they, they've added some name to like some of the sections called Flagler Estates, but it's still looking very swampy. <laughs> oh, excellent. So a- 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 anything else? Uh, once again, we should repeat all of our advice to put every dollar you have into Ascoin. Liquidate all your holdings and just buy Ascoin. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, full disclosure: I own no Ascoin. Neither do I. Appar- apparently, that one's not on the major exchanges. You have to go to sort of these shadier exchanges oh, that are that specialize in these like really small. Uh, made up boutique <laughs> boutique, boutique. I, I mean, they're all made up right Bo- but yes. like yeah th- but they're like the big ones that you can get on like robin hood and coinbase and places like that and then they're smaller ones that you have to go to sort of these more esoteric exchanges to trade in and then of course like if if i did make a curmudgeon's coin then you know you and i would have to transact directly Oh no, God! Do anything with it, uh, unless unless apparently one of the things I learned from that Ascoin article is you can pay twenty five thousand dollars or so to get your coin listed on one of these exchanges. Okay, so that's all. And, yeah, that's all. So I could make Curmudgeon's coin tomorrow, and then get it pay twenty five thousand dollars to get it listed on one of these small exchanges, and then. Apparently, the the scheme that these people use is then they go and pay tens of thousands of dollars to various uh, social media influencers to hype their coin, and then we dump it. And so that, and then we dump it. So the out the initial outlay is the creation of the coin itself, listing it on a small exchange, uh, paying people to pump it in social media, and so you might between all of those things, you might spend fifty thousand dollars, sixty thousand dollars. You hope that, and of course, because you created the coin, you make sure you have a big chunk of the inventory of that coin, and then you drive the price up, and then you sell it as soon as you can get away with it, and uh, then get get the hell out. So, what are we? What, then, are, what are we doing this again? Yeah, you said we can't. You're you're the party here. No curmudgeons coin. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no curmudgeons coin. <laughs> We're not getting into the crypto business. Okay. Uh, I think we're done, Yvonne. Okay, we're done. Okay. So let's get through this uh, end bit. Uh, You know how to reach us. You can find us. Well, maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't. Uh, If you are a new listener, and I, you know, maybe you are. If you are a new listener, you can find us on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash curmudgeons corner. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Abelsme, A-B-U-L-S-M-E. Yvonne is at I am Bo, I-M-B-O-U. If you don't like social media, you can also find us via email. It's uh, feedback at curmudgeons-corner.com. We would love to hear from you in any of those ways. We, we love interacting with our listeners. Uh, we actually had a Facebook comment this week from our listener, Ed. 
I, I I forget what he commented on. I don't know. I don't know if you have it handy. Uh, my my computer's being. being I don't have it handy, and I even replied to it. Oh, you replied? Didn't even notice you replied. But we we love talking, folks, and thank you, Ed, for your comment this week, even though I can't remember what it is. Um, and uh, yeah. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah, yeah. If you uh, really like us, you can go to Patreon, patreon.com slash curmudgeons corner. Uh, you can tip us a little bit here or there. And uh, at various levels, you can get us mentioning you on the show. You can get a postcard. You can get us ringing a bell. Uh, at higher levels, you can get a mug. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, as we mentioned, you can also uh, you know, buy some uh, advertising slots from us if you would like. We're happy to talk. Uh, just contact us in any of those ways. At $2 a month or more on our Patreon, or if you just talk to us a lot through whatever mechanism you choose to talk to us, uh, we will invite you, you to the... You will get a discount on mugs. We will invite you to our Curmudgeon's Corner Slack, which is a chat room where Yvonne and I and several of our listeners um, are talking throughout the week, sharing interesting links, all of that kind of thing. So, Yvonne, your, your highlight of the show... What are a few things that we have talked about on the Curmudgeon's Corner Slack this week that we have not talked about on the show? Well, I mentioned the fact that the Colonial Pipeline CEO wanted to explain himself. Uh, and I there was an article about how he explained why he paid the, the ransom and the, how he engaged people, et cetera, and so forth. Uh I shared a story showing uh, lots of friends of Matt Getz and how he's, you know, in good company in his party. There's a lot of people like him. We were talking about uh, electronic payments, not necessarily also uh, uh, just Bitcoin, but uh, making payments on Venmo and Zill. Zell. Zell. Zeal. I don't even know how to put it. Whatever. Have you used it because of these guys? I mean, neither a couple of our listeners that are on there, neither of them have ever used it. I've used all of them pretty much. But I think I've used Venmo. I don't think I've used Zell. I've used both. Whatever. We use Venmo, Zell, PayPal, whatever the hell, you know, but no Dodge. I've, I've used a variety of them over time. You know, basically like I'm agnostic to the, I, I do this so infrequently, but if somebody says, Hey, can I send you something over? Blah. If I don't have the app set up, I'll set it up and accept it. Yeah, why not? I also shared a story about a Miami real estate agent who ran a brothel spa next to a child daycare in Miami. So, uh, yeah, uh, usually we're very creative with those things. Uh, and apparently uh, there was a story that Jeff Bezos was buying a billion dollar jet. Which I nice. Was, I mean, I, I, I mean, the hell. Uh, I also shared how uh, there is a boom in travel now, a very big boom, so much of a boom that uh, hotel rates are insane, like right now. And I shared how in Hawaii, for example, rooms that typically sold, say, luxury rooms that were at uh, maybe $800, $900 a night are now at, at a minimum of $1,800 a night or more like right now, at record highs, because all of a sudden there is this massive amount of demand for people uh, not out there. I also uh, uh, shared um, uh, a story about, uh, oh, this car I like, the Porsche, the, the Bill Nye made a commercial for it, the, the Porsche Taycan, 
which is really cool. And I, I just like that car so much more than the Model S. It's just a lot better looking. It just looks really cool. And stuff like that. So anyway, so the uh, also there. Oh, wait. And finally. Republicans are blaming Joe Biden for the great Chick-fil-A sauce shortage of 2021. Oh, no. Yep. Oh, no. Apparently, it's a Democratic plot. Of course. Of, of course. course. Yep. And all of that, all of that amazing information is available on the Curmudgeon Corner, Curmudgeon's Corner Slack. And speaking of where things are available, I... I, I should have done this earlier, but when Yvonne was talking about our visit to Roy, you can see more about that. If you go to com, which is oh, my yes. personal website, and click on Random Trips, uh, and then at the very bottom of that page, you'll see Non-Random Predecessor GPS Trip. Uh, it's labeled 1998 Q1, Miami Beach, Florida, USA. Uh, if you click on that, uh, you, it's a five-day trip. You can I have, have a few paragraphs about each day. You can click through to the days. Uh, Roy is specifically on day four. So if you want to read a little bit more about our trip to Roy, uh, and then there's a link in the middle of that text that comes up to a picture of one of the roads in Roy as of March 1998 when we visited it. Um, so take a look there, you know, hey, and uh, you can look at the rest of my random trips too. They were fun. Uh, it's a thing I did uh, late 90s, early 2000s, and maybe someday I'll do it again. Maybe, yeah, we need to we need to do one, one of these days again. My, my next trip is destined to be to Chachobin, in Quintana Roo, Mexico, which is just north of the Belize border. Someday, we'll get a rental car. Maybe we'll do it. Maybe Yvonne and I will do it. Yeah. So, I've driven a rental car through there. So, Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, that's it. Hey, uh, everybody, um, if, you, if you like the show, tell, tell your friends and encourage them to listen to it, too. Um, if if you think they'd like it, if you think they'd hate it, you know, don't bother them. But it, but if you have a friend that you think would enjoy the show, please tell them. We'd like to, you know, slowly increase our listener, slowly increase our listener base. And, you know, otherwise, stay safe. You know, if you're not vaccinated yet, get vaccinated as soon as you can. And, uh, you know, and wear masks where it's appropriate still, you know? Yep. Even if, you know, even and even in the situations where you're fully vaccinated and you don't strictly speaking need it, in some places it might still be okay. So, yeah, and don't, you know, let people do what they want with that too. Um, okay. That's it. Thanks everybody. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Later. A brief glimpse of what happened behind the scenes between the second and third segments of the show. Okay. Uh, let me actually fill my water real quick. I'll be right back. This will be fast. Ugh. I'm not going downstairs to the cold water. I'm just getting some tap water from up here. I can do it. No, Race to the no. tap water. No, I don't trust you. Ah, fine.
Um, dad has leaved. Dad has leaved. So, uh, I need to entertain you while he is gone, which will be pretty easy, at least compared to the amount he entertains you. So, ruff, 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 Roof, roof, roof. Get out of my chair. Roof, roof, roof. 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 Roof, roof, Dude, dude. Here, take your, take your headphones. Okay, here we go. Da da da. Okay. Here. Dad, he spilled water on my chair. Sorry. Okay. Here we go.